and we are live. How's everybody doing tonight? My name is Anthony Brian Logan, and you're watching and or listening to ABL Live. Thank you for joining me tonight. You could be almost anywhere in the world, but you're right here with me live on the show. And I appreciate y'all for that. We got a whole lot going on all over the internets, all over mainstream media, social media, everywhere. And where do I start? I don't know. First of all, Bank of America. Oh my goodness. I'm going to get into these crazy zero down payment, zero closing costs loans. This is a 2008 subprime mortgage crisis all over again. Just a little bit different, a different kind of loan, but there's going to be a similar outcome. We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, shout out to this man in Washington, D.C., a homeless man who really broke down the homeless crisis in a very succinct way. Why are there so many homeless people out there? Why is it like these big camps of homeless people and it never really seems to die down? If anything, the camps just continue to get bigger and bigger. We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, uh, we got to talk about Joe Biden's speech. I think that was called Soul of a Nation. Very weird. It might as well have been Birth of a Nation. We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, um, the Kenley, North Carolina City Council decided to fire the controversial city manager. Big surprise, right? But just about six weeks ago, it was, oh, the police are racist for quitting because a black woman is a city manager. Maybe she wasn't a good city manager. Ever think about that? We'll talk about that in a minute. Also, my son Hunter, the movie trailer has been released and we're going to ban ray guns. We'll talk about all those things and more on tonight's episode of ABL Live. And thank y'all again for being here. You guys are the best audience anywhere on the internet. If you enjoy what you are hearing thus far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. This is also a podcast you're listening to live. And if you're listening to it on a repeat, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can also hear this on your favorite audio streaming platform, whether that be Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple iTunes, etc. Link for that will be in the description. Or just go to your favorite audio streaming platform and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. This episode will be available at 8 a.m. tomorrow. So today's Saturday. It'll be available 8 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow on your favorite audio streaming platform. And shout out to all my sponsors. Of course, you guys know Uncle Tom Part 2. The movie is out right now. You guys go check it out today. UncleTom.com. Get it. Buy it. Watch it. Enjoy it. Let me know what you thought about it. Give me your two cents. All that good stuff. I record it for this one, but I'm not going to be in this one. But I am in some other stuff we got coming out soon. The, 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 the Uncle Tom part one and part two is just the beginning. Put it to you that way. There's more coming. Um, I recorded a roundtable discussion in Dallas with um, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson, Brandon Tatum, uh, Colonel Allen West, and Chad Jackson from Uncle Tom part two. So, That'll be out pretty soon. You may have seen pictures from that particular thing. Matter of fact, let me see if I got a picture right quick that I can put up. Um, that'll be coming out real soon. There's there's a lot more content coming out. Just the, the Uncle Tom part two, that's just one piece of the pie that you guys are going to see. So here's a picture right here that I'm in. Yeah, so very controversial there because Jesse Lee Peterson and, you know, everybody else. It's, it's, this picture made its rounds on the internet, on social media. People were talking about it. So, yeah. 
So Chad Jackson right here, right next to Tatum, Chad Jackson, the Uncle Tom movie is pretty much his, like he's on the cover of it, right? And you're going to see him in skits, like digging ditches and stuff in the movie because he's a plumber by trade and, and actual his, his everyday life. So yeah, this picture right here, you're going to see this discussion coming out pretty soon. And we filmed this right where we filmed Uncle Tom part two. So in the same studio, same people. So check that out coming pretty soon. All right. That's going to be a roundtable discussion. It'll probably be released just on social media. We'll, we'll, as soon as it's out, you guys will know about it. All right. Now, what else we got going on? Of course, shout out to the other sponsors. Of course, you have BHEDesigns.com. That is B-H-E-D-E-S-I-G-N-S.com. They make the beautiful handmade wooden flags that are right behind me. So you can get ones that are just like that or whatever you desire for yourself over on the website right now, BHEDesigns.com. Also, you can go to PatriotPost.us, the best source of news and information anywhere on these internets. Their link will always be in the description or go to PatriotPost.us right now today. Check them out, bookmark them, do all that good stuff. Also, go to my regular website, AnthonyBLogan.com. That is A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, the letter B. Don't get triggered by this, the letter B. Remember, they had that whole thing about this is some kind of white supremacist sign. Like, it was literally a post on 4chan that said, this right here, and if you can't see what I'm doing, I'm throwing up the OK sign. So I have three fingers. Uh, I got my I got my middle finger, I got my ring finger, and I got my um, pinky finger up, and I have my index and my thumb making the, the, the O. They said this was white power because the, the three fingers up was the W, and my the, the index... In the um in the thumb together creating the P in your arm, your wrist, your forearm, that that that, that creates the P. So that means white power. <laughs> and people really ran with it. Like you, you couldn't even do this anymore. Like if you were to do this, then you were considered a white supremacist. But anyway, I digress. A-N-T-H-L-O-N-Y, the letter B, this is actually a B, L-O-G-A-N dot com. You could go there for all of my videos. And I write articles for each video, so I'm always going to source whatever I say. I don't make any claims that I can't back up with actual facts and evidence. Never, ever do that. So go to anthonybeloga.com. Also go to the contact page, anthonybeloga.com forward slash contact to find my email address, my email address, my social media platforms, my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff over on the website. And of course, you got to follow me on social media. Follow my Twitter, follow definitely the Instagram, the Facebook. You can, you go to Facebook if you want to, but Facebook, I don't know. It's so weird because Facebook and Instagram are the same. You know, it's both owned by Meta, owned by Mark Zuckerberg. And by the way, have you guys seen Mark Zuckerberg training MMA? Well, if you've not seen him training MMA, you're in the right place. Cause I have, I got video of everything. I, I got all the video. All right. So hold on. Shout, shout out to nuance bro for posting this. But this this is your man right here training MMA. So, hey, if you're out here acting up and you're doing things that are going to get you banned, not only will he ban you, but he beat you down too. All right. So can we get a little bit of sound or nah? Let's, let's get some sound going on here. So shout, shout out some stuff.
So yeah, man, look. For 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 my for my per my last email, per my last email, stop these conservatives from posting crazy stuff in these groups. <laughs> that that's that per my last email kick right there. So shout out to Mark Zuckerberg for training MMA, you know, whipping on some random dude. Good job. Imagine if you hurt Mark Zuckerberg during training. Like you talking about a guy that's worth a billion billions of dollars. I'd be I'd be like, man, I, I gotta sign a contract that says you can't that that you can't ruin my life. And if I'm training with you, you can't block me off Facebook. I, I don't care. Like I need I need to get perfect protection. It's like, look, okay, I train you, but I can't you can't be blocking my Instagram. You can't be reducing my posts in my feed. I need that to be kind of secure from you, sir. And if we can't do that, then I can't do nothing for you. Nice. Yeah, he's he's not bad. He's not bad at all. So yeah, I ain't gonna play the whole thing right there. Y'all go to Twitter. You guys can you guys can see that. But um, back to what I was saying. I got derailed. Speaking about Zuckerberg and the MMA clip, so Facebook kind of is is it kind of sucks. Instagram is a little bit better for me, although they're owned by the same company. I don't understand. Maybe they got different guys working on it. I have no idea. But yeah, y'all follow me on my social media platforms. Um, don't be afraid. I don't think Zuckerberg's going to book nobody's time parts for posting some things he doesn't like. He'll just ban you. That that that'd be much worse. All right. Stage fight sequence, probably, you know, I mean, hey, it is what it is. It's like Drake playing basketball in his house. You think that anybody's going to be able to really play defense on them? <laughs> they, they, go, they go like this. They, they go like this with their hands behind, by, like by their ears, calling that defense while he's shooting a jump shot six feet away. That's kind of how that works. But anyway, so we got quite a few things on deck to discuss tonight. And like I said, I don't really know where to begin. I think I'm going to hold off on the Bank of America thing until a little bit later in the show because I got a lot to say about that, the whole the, the predatory lending situation, which is what I call it. I have a lot to say about that. I think I'm going to start first with the homelessness situation. Now, I've said it quite a bit on this channel, and I've said it on social media. I've said it in person. Okay, let's not have that going. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up these videos. You got random stuff happening. Okay. Let's remove the sound for a minute. RP headphone users. Um, back to what I was saying about the homelessness. I've been saying for a while that homelessness is caused by a particular, it's, it's not just people that are struggling financially. It's not just that there's quite a few things that go into an epidemic of homelessness, at least in America. One of the main things is, uh, the drug use, which is a big part of the reason why I'm against drugs, all, all these pharmaceutical drugs. It's weird because people, when I say that I'm against drugs, people, they tend to kind of get a negative reaction. They'll say that all drugs should be legal and that'll reduce the problem. But then when you're talking about Big Pharma, I think everybody agrees that Big Pharma has done a lot to damage this nation. And the drugs that I'm talking about not being legal are Big Pharma drugs. The, the worst drugs that are causing us harm right now come from big pharma fentanyl is man-made fentanyl is that you can get with a prescription do you know that it's a it's just for people to have very severe pain issues that's a big pharma creation fentanyl also 
Oxycontin, Xanax, all these drugs are man-made. All these drugs come from Big Pharma. And then they come across the border illegally because you have companies in China, et cetera, that will produce the chemicals. They get them to the cartels. The cartels are able to finish them or get the pills or whatever hole and sell them to us. And it's to the point now where you get kids that are engaging in the drug usage. You got fentanyl and everything. You got fentanyl and weed or whatever. So it's, it's just one of those things. Drugs are a big problem with the homelessness. A lot of the people that are out on the streets are on drugs. And people that are on drugs, especially some of these, uh, you know, people aren't going to be on the streets homeless really that smoke weed. I'm not even a fan of weed, but I don't think that's going to be your typical homeless person. You're talking about meth, crack, heroin. That's the, 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 the trifecta right there. Okay, some, some drunks as well, but that's not really meth, crack, heroin. That's going to be your main thing. So there's also people that have mental health issues that go beyond any kind of drug use. Schizophrenics and people that have no family, they're going to be out there homeless. You have career criminals that don't really care about any kind of laws or rules. They want to be homeless because they have fewer expectations and fewer restrictions on themselves. So they want to be homeless. They want to go out there and just do whatever, commit crime, hurt people. But you also have those that could get out of homelessness, but they don't because they're being enabled. What's the point of not being homeless if you have all your needs met for some people? Just like what I talk about when people say UBI, that's universal basic income. People say that that's a good thing. That's a, that's a way to solve a, a lot of poverty. But people don't understand people that are in poverty. Now, some people who are poor, who are on just, you know, hard times, hard luck. Some people are going to take that UBI and they're going to do things to get themselves out of their situation or to elevate themselves a little bit. Some people, but I'm, I'm telling you this much here. I would say the majority of those who are in poverty, who are poor, who are struggling with money are not going to take that extra UBI money and do anything with it. This is what I said before. If a person made $1,200 from whatever they were doing, whether that be panhandling, working, whatever it is, if they made $1,200 a month, then they got UBI for $1,000 a month, they would still wind up making the $1,200. Because in their mind, they're not, they don't have money to stack on top. They're not thinking about what they can do to elevate themselves they're thinking, how can I maintain the money I'm making while doing the least amount of work possible? I'm not saying everyone would do that, but a lot of people would. We saw that during the pandemic. When the stimulus checks came out, when the extra unemployment came out, people said, okay, I don't need to work no more. They could have stacked the stimulus money on top of their job money, but rather than doing that, they say, I quit. Because the stimulus money was enough for them to just kind of live on. It may not have been for a long time, but it was for long enough. Let's say, let's say you had a, bu a bunch of kids, right? You might have had three or four kids and other stuff going on. You may have gotten a check for $10,000. That was enough to have people quit their job. They might have been making two or three, four grand a month at their job. They get $10,000 and quit. The smart thing to do would have been, Keep your job and take the money 
save it, pay bills, just keep it. Just don't let it burn a hole in your pocket. But people that are in these poverty stricken environments don't think that way. That's not how they operate. You know, same thing with any kind of uh, food stamps. I see right there, food stamps, uh, people. I saw that there was a glitch with the food stamp thing. It might have been just Mississippi where they got the water issue. The food stamp machine, I guess you call it, was down for a day. And I was reading some tweets. Shout out to the person that sent me these tweets. Uh, I was reading a bunch of tweets where people said uh, the food stamp system is down and I got to pay cash for my food. I would never. They have the money, but they refuse to use it because the government is giving them this free stuff. So people just rely upon the system. They do the bare minimum just to be able to get by. And that's the issue with the homelessness as well. Now, shout out to this man for really breaking it down. Uh, I'm going to play some of this right here. And, you know, with the, the more, hold on, I'm gonna, before I give my commentary, I'm going to just play it a little bit and then I'll continue. Do we have sound? Let's go ahead and get this rolling here. Hey, keep with you, hey. Keep with you. Oh, God. And that was the second bag of rats that she had hauled away from her uh, uh, pile of uh, stuff that's been over there. Just today? Just today. She started cleaning out a little bit, uh, but she's doing a little more detailed clean of some of the stuff. And that was just two bags of them today. Hold on. Before I get into that, Mississippi, the whole water issue in Jackson. Now, how much money have we sent to Ukraine over the past, what, six months to a year? Billions of dollars, at least, what, $40 billion, $50 billion? How much money do we send to these foreign nations with, you know, just to help them? It, it, they say it's to help Ukraine, to help them ward off the Russians. But really, we're just engaging in a proxy war using Ukraine to go about it. Rather than fighting the war with Russia directly, we want to fight a war with Russia through Ukraine. And my question is, why even fight Russia? What's the purpose of trying to fight them? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to take over the Russian Federation? I don't understand. Are we trying to depose Vladimir Putin? Are we trying to install a fake president of Russia? I don't get it. I don't understand the strategy at all. But anyway, we give them so much money, but American citizens, Jackson, Mississippi, you don't have any clean water. You don't have any running water. Hey, man, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. You better, you better get you a bucket and bullet. That's kind of what I'm hearing. I'm like, I don't understand. We, we can give money to other people. What about us? What about American people? What about citizens? We're paying tax money, federal tax money that should go to us as American people, but instead it's going out of the country. You know, if tax money went to us and not to foreign wars that I don't want to be involved in, I wouldn't be as upset as I am as far as all this tax money being taken from us. Gunpoint. You don't pay taxes, you go into the penitentiary, Big Rocks, Little Rocks. But your tax money is being sent to Ukraine to fight a proxy war rather than helping American citizens in the way that it should. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say all tax money is being sent overseas. No. But what I will say is that some is being sent overseas, and I'm seeing some very serious issues right here that aren't being addressed. But I digress. She just catches them with her bare hands. Well, they're probably little mice and everything else. She picks them up. They're not uh, getting out running around yet. And uh, if she just wakes them up, they're fairly easy to catch. 
Because right now, I think there's too much help. What do you mean by too much help? You will realize what I mean by too much help, or at least too much of the wrong kind of help. If you come to this park on Saturday and Sunday, a dozen or more people, large organizations, will bring enough food. Each of them will bring enough food to feed at least 100 or 200 people for the 70 or so people who are in the park. And when you realize that each one of these uh, nearly dozen or so organizations are doing the same thing, a lot of the resources are being wasted. So this guy is actually out there homeless in the camp close to, um, close to the White House in Washington, D.C., and he's talking about how all these like NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations, uh, charities, or whatever you want to call it, they come by these camps and give out so much food, so many supplies, so many things for these people to sustain themselves. It, it makes it like you're, you're kind of enabling their homelessness. If they don't worry about having supplies and having food, so much so to the point where they waste it, they, they waste the food and feed the birds with it. Imagine a homeless person feeding birds with food. Now, this is part of the reason why you come back here. This is part of the reason why I don't give anybody on the street any money. Just part of the reason, not the only reason, because I feel like if you are homeless, if you approach me in any city in America talking about kind of get some money, I'm going to assume that you want to get money for drugs. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't care. I'm going to assume it because that's what I think about right away. Because I know food isn't a problem for most people that are homeless. If you're living in a city, especially a big city, you're living in Los Angeles, D.C., New York, I know, I know you're not going to be hungry. And if you're walking up on me with a big belly looking like Santa Claus, I know you're not hungry. So don't, I don't want to hear this about, oh, I'm starving. If you're starving, I can't tell. Okay, you weigh more than me, sir. You probably beat me in an arm wrestling contest or some sumo wrestling event. If, if we were to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, um, lifting weights, you probably would beat me right now. You don't appear to be malnourished or starving at all. So I don't want to hear the sob story, all right? Matter of fact, you could skip a couple of meals. Get that, get that um, body fat down. Do a little bit of walking. Uh, do some cardio and tighten up. But anyway, just because someone is homeless does not mean they're starving and have no ability to have any kind of resources. And a lot of times, there's too many resources too much waste. And also what he said later in that clip was there's zero accountability. There's no accountability. These things just get dumped on the homeless population and they are washing so many resources. There's no accountability and they just, the homelessness just kind of exponentially rises. And then they're trying to have it to where you are going to be forced to house homeless people in some of these vacant hotels over on the left coast. Let me see if I can find that right quick. Hold on. Uh, homeless. Uh, I'm going to find that clip right quick, which is crazy. So basically they were saying, hey, if you have any vacancies in your hotel, you got to report it to us. Oh, hold on. Matter of fact, this, this is it right here. Uh, is this it? Let's, let's go ahead and just play this right here. This is from CNN. It'll work just fine. Yeah, matter of fact, this, this is a clip right here that I want to show. Hey, and, and you know what? Um, what's, what's crazy is that um, I'm seeing the homeless people, like in Los Angeles, is getting to be like Brazil, where they have these little towns where there's, there's, there's construction. 
I saw one guy had a two-story condo on the street that he built from scratch. Like this thing right here kind of reminds me of that. It's not quite the exact same thing. But you see, you see this contraption. This is like probably a good 300, 400 square feet on a, on the side of the road. Now, it's slipshot construction at best. I'm seeing wooden pallets and construction tarp and whatnot, but it's much bigger than some of these tents and little boxes people used to live in. When I was a kid, people had these little boxes they would stay in. Cardboard box. I'm not sure you could live in a cardboard box now that I look back on it. When I was like five years old, I was like, oh, he lives in a cardboard box, but that's not really practical. Anyway, let's go ahead and play this right quick. In Los Angeles County, more than 60,000 people are homeless on the average night. And more than 20,000 hotel rooms lie empty on the average night. See where this might be going? It's, it's just, it's insane. Um, it, it isn't going to solve the problem. We think this is one part of the solution. By no means do we think this solves the homelessness crisis. But do hotels have a... So, co-president, Unite Here Local 11... So I'm seeing somebody that has a job and part of his job is to propose things like this. He has a salary to do this. So it's in his best interest to have this thing go through. But if you're the hotel owner or hotel guest, it's not in your best interest. So who wins this co-president guy who has a salary and a job to maintain or you, the normie who runs the hotel or you, the normie who has to, work at the hotel imagine being a um some of some of the maintenance crew or the housekeeping oh my goodness and you get these meth monkeys in there um having the hotel for free man it's gonna be a disaster you gonna have dead bodies and everything in there but let's continue a roll the plate of course they do so the union he leads which reps hotel workers gathered enough signatures and angelinos will vote on a bill that would force every hotel in town to report vacancies at 2 p.m. every day, then welcome homeless people into those vacant rooms. Look, you know, I travel a little bit, and I've been to quite a few hotels across the country. Um, I pay more for nicer hotels. I don't really stay in five stars like that. Give me a good three, four star. I, I don't want to have no small ceiling that I can, you know, I'm 6'3". I don't want to, like, go like this and touch the ceiling. I don't want to duck into my hotel room. I don't want to smell nothing crazy in there. I don't want to smell crack smoke or weed smoke. I don't want to smell that kind of stuff. So I pay a little bit more for a nicer experience. What I don't want is my next door neighbor to be in there smoking meth. I, I don't want it. Now, could there be a meth user that has a little bit of money to pay for a nice hotel? Perhaps. But I know that if you pay zero dollars for it and you're homeless, there's going to be a higher chance of you being a full time meth smoker for a living. I don't want to live next to that. If I wanted that, I would just stay right in the hood in these little halfway bando hotels. If, if it's like that, I stay at some kind of nondescript motel. It's about to fall down where there's more roaches than humans by a measure of 10 million to one. Let's keep on going. Honestly, would you check into a hotel knowing that the chance of your neighbor to the left or right is a homeless individual? No. Manoj Patel voluntarily rents some rooms to homeless people who are vetted and paid for by a local church, but he's against this bill. 
that would make that mandatory? We barely are surviving, number one. Number two, we have to think of the safety of our staff. And number three, we're not professionally or any otherwise equipped with any of the supporting mechanism that the homeless guest would require. What services would be provided remains unclear, also unclear the funding, and hotels would be paid fair market rate. It's up to the city. I mean, they did it during Project Room Key. The pandemic-era program now winding down that inspired this bill by placing more than 10,000 people in hotels that volunteered. Sean Pigdelli among them. Well, first of all, it's a blessing. It's a it's a great room. The technology is not up to par, but, you know, what technology uh, is uh, oh, oh, for real? Okay. Compl complaining about technology? All right. All right, sir. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Hey, the room is good, man, but it ain't all that. I mean... <laughs> I've, I've had better. I, I, I feel you, sir. Right on. This bill would also force developers to replace housing demolished to make way for new hotels and hotel permits would be introduced, as well as making every hotel from a Super 8 to the Biltmore accept homeless people as guests. I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? Uh, maybe for some, but, you know, there's a lot of people with untreated mental health and some people do some damage to these poor buildings, man. This happened in Manoj Patel's. That's nothing. That that right there, if you can't see it, it's just like a bunch of food and some plates and stuff on the ground. But that's nothing. I mean, I've seen some things and some stuff <laughs> much worse than that. Just in my just in my living experience, that right there is just like a, a toddler through a tantrum. Motel. And she marked all walls. Uh, curtains she burnt. Thank God there was no fire. Burn the curtains. It could have been the fire to burn the whole burn the whole hotel down, or it could have been a sprinkler system got activated. Now you get a flood in the room. Now you got to have what's that? Uh, Serve Pro or whoever come in to fix up the damage, and that's going to be expensive. More expensive than the money that they're given by the city to house a person that's homeless. Uh, even mark the ceiling. Opponents of housing the homeless in hotels fear this and. Fear tourists could be put off from even coming to L.A. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want my kids going. around people that I'm not sure about. I wouldn't want to be in an elevator with somebody who's clearly having a mental break. The idea that you can intermingle homeless folks with paying normal gas just doesn't work out. We don't want to head backwards into the segregated South, but that's kind of the... Wow. Really? Did he say that? Oh, my goodness. We don't want to head backwards to the segregated South. It's like, wait a minute, let's let's pump the brakes here, sir. Let's pump the brakes. Being black, being white, being a different race is not the equivalent to being a full-time crack smoker. Do not compare being black to a meth monkey, a crackhead, a fentanyl ferret. Do not compare don't don't compare people that have mental health problems that are untreated, that can't really be treated by anybody with race segregation. Let's please not do it. Please, let's not do it. You see, these rooms cost a certain thing because, first of all, you're paying for whatever the hotels put into their property. That's number one. But number two, at a certain point, it's to get a certain kind of person into a hotel. If you can afford to pay the 200 300 500 bucks a night, then you're typically not going to destroy the room. You're not going to be in there doing things that you shouldn't be doing that you'll be seeing on the street happen all the time. You go to San Fran, Los Angeles, and look at what happens on the street. If you see things on the street that are happening, 
that same thing will happen inside the hotel room if you bring them from the street inside the hotel. But you know what? Guys like this, these white liberals, they, they always talk like that. They always try to put us in it. It's like, what I, what I got to do with you and your, your job, trying to maintain your job by putting these crackheads in hotel rooms right next to regular normies, tourists and stuff like that, unsuspecting. They're in the hotel and the dude just pulls his stuff out and begins to pee. All on the kids and everything else. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm 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 trying to visit the Hollywood Square. I'm trying to go to see the hills and go to the beach. And I'm in the hotel, and this homeless dude is peeing on us. See, they don't. That's not the same thing as race segregation. The language that they're talking about. There's a certain class of- Oh yeah, I'm triggered. I'm definitely triggered. <laughs> I'm triggered. People less than humans, animals, they almost describe as, to be honest with you. They don't seem to understand who the unhoused are. We're talking again about seniors, students, working people. That's who the voucher program would benefit the most. Oh boy, that was that was something right there. Good grief. <laughs> hey, I did not expect, I didn't know he was going to go there with it. I didn't know he was going to say something about segregation and stuff. Well, I'm not surprised. They always do that. They always bring in race because when people when people invoke race, that typically shuts conversation down. People get really uncomfortable when race gets brought up, so they just they just accept whatever's being said, even if it's even if it's ridiculous. And just say, okay, you won. I, I got it. Don't don't even really don't don't even really fight against it. That's kind of what's going on. The unhoused, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like I said, the man has a job to do. So he's just doing his job. Unfortunately, his job is not going to look out for the best interests of the average everyday normie. That's just what it is. So, yeah. And again, I'm not saying that everyone who's homeless is going to be a bad person or a dangerous person. But what I do know is that there's a higher chance of that being the case than the, the you know, the opposite. All right. But um, let's go ahead and get to some more topics here. I got a quite a few on deck. So, Kenley, North Carolina, they went ahead and fired the controversial city manager. Remember, I did that story a while back. Let me see if I can pull that old video up. So, six weeks ago, right around then, um, a story broke from Kenley, North Carolina, of the entire police force quitting after a black female city manager was hired. And all the officers who quit, including the police chief, were white. So the story was spun by the media and some of these blog sites as racism. Oh, they quit because she's black. Not thinking to ask the officers, hey, why did you guys quit? Is it because she's black? Are you guys racist? Or is it something else going on? Now, first of all, they were already understaffed. This is a small town. They needed eight full-time officers to be fully staffed. But they only had five full-time officers. So it was only five guys that quit. And that five includes a police chief. So it was four officers aside from the chief and the chief made five. And there were some other people that quit that were not police officers. I think it might have been somebody that worked in the department. It was like two or three other people that quit. And they said the reason why they quit is because there was a toxic work environment. That's the reason why they said they quit. But the media and a lot of these blog sites said, oh, you guys are racist because you don't want to work for a black woman. 
you don't want to be up under a black woman, but wait a minute. I'm sure there's been people who have quit in mass before or just quit in general before from other jobs, not just in Kinley, but all over the nation. Maybe just maybe they quit because they don't want to work anymore. It's a bad work environment. They found better opportunity. Must it always be about race? And the woman that got hired, Justine Jones, she's gone from place to place to place, kind of a nomad, just moving around. Um, there was a racial incident at her, one of her previous jobs. I think she might have sued. So there's a history there, and she's not been at one place for a very long time. So that's that. Now, I don't know why she was hired in the first place, but she was hired, and now she's been fired six weeks later on a three-to-two vote by the city council. Let me see if I can find this video right quick. Hold on one second. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up, like the video, Share the video, do all of that good stuff. And job. here we go. Let's go ahead and play this video right here. Here's the update right here. All right. Let's go ahead and do this job. The town council voting three to two last night to terminate a contract with Justine Jones. Tamara Scott joins us live with what's next in the search for a new town manager there. Tamara. Good afternoon. Well, I spent the day here in Kenley and I got a lot of reaction from people. Unfortunately, not a lot of people want to speak on camera to us, but I'm told they just want to know what their what their town is going to do moving forward. The town of Kenley this morning doesn't look much different, but come Friday, they will be without a town manager and a police force. Last night, the town council voted three to two. Town manager Justine Jones is out. This comes after hearing results of a weeks long investigation into allegations of a hostile or toxic work environment. It was former police chief Josh Gibson who alleged that Jones made work conditions unbearable, that he and the entire police force quit. Jones started the position in June and she beat out 30 candidates for the job and the vote to hire her was unanimous. I stopped by several businesses today to ask how they feel moving forward. Few wanted to comment on camera, but an unnerving feeling of what's next was very common. Miss Edna has lived here 60 years, and she says she just wants a fresh start. Start all over, get every new person that has anything to do with the town. Mm -hmm. New manager, new, new chiefs, new policemen, mm -hmm. don't get no more. If you don't, you can still have that little itch in there. Now, as for today, the doors here at Town Hall are locked. A lot of So, yeah, that's that right there. And, you know, I, I think that this whole thing was, it was, a, it was a long time coming. Really, they should have fired her before the police quit. I think there might have been an ultimatum from the police. It's like, look, if you don't fire this lady, we're going to quit. They, so they, they should have went ahead and fired her from the jump. But they waited a while, six weeks later, and then they said, okay, we're going to go ahead and fire the city manager. Now, people might say this is because she's black or whatever it is, but maybe she just didn't do a good job. If the person was white, would it have been a, a big story? Would it have been a thing that people think about or talk about at all? It's, it's just so weird. And I think there are some episodes of racism that happen. But I think people use the racism card too much to the point where nobody believes it anymore. Nobody believes it. It's just like, well, little boy crop wolf yet again. I don't believe that. 
So, like, like I say, when real racism happens, people are less likely to believe it. And I, I, I don't blame people for refusing to believe a lot of these things that go on. Um, the, the infamous Juicy Smollett, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Juicy Smollett. I've seen some things and some stuff in my life, but that right there, oh man. And then he wanted us to believe it. Like he, he was going on television acting like it's real. Like, nah, matter of fact, there was a video that I want to play. I see you guys talking about the reporter. Shout out to the reporter. I, I see y'all. I see. And I, I knew you guys were talking about the reporter. You, you, you guys, but um, there was a video that really kind of, encapsulated how ridiculous the whole Justice Moye thing was. And the person that was talking about it, I don't know the context in, in which he was saying it, but it was so perfectly laid out. I got to go ahead and, and show it if I can find it right quick. Oh, here it is. Perfect, perfect, perfect. This right here was a perfect breakdown of Justice Moye and, and, and how ridiculous it was. Let's go ahead and play this clip. Um, I don't know who this is or where he is, but if you guys only please let me know in the comments. Okay, let's get some sound first. That'll that'll help. About that, as I did with a juicy Smollett case, that was another example that sort of, I mean, that was the it wasn't that kind of the ultimate trajectory of identity politics because what you were saying, what he was saying to America was. I'm going to create the most unlikely, impossible, illogical scenario in the world, and I'm going to make America believe it because they're so deranged that I can get away with it. And so it wasn't just I'm African-American, but I'm going to be African-American and gay. I'm not just going to be African-American gay. I'm going to be African-American and I'm going to hate Trump. I'm not going to be just African-American and hate Trump. I'm going to be young and hip on Empire. I'm not just going to do all that, but I'm going to be walking at 2 a.m. And I'm not just going to be walking at 2 a.m. I'm going to see two white guys who happen to be prowling around liberal Chicago. Not just two white guys are doing it. They're going to have a MAGA hat on. And they're not just going to have a MAGA hat on. Two white guys with a MAGA hat and liberal Chicago are going to say, we're going to prowl around because maybe Jesse Smollett, whom we immediately recognize and yell out, as the enemy of Empire, because we always watch Empire, and, you know, Bob says to Fred, let's go out and look for Jesse Smollett-type people tonight, and by the way, let's take some lynch rope with us, and then Jesse's, and if that's not enough, let's get bleach that, that freezes at five degrees, and we'll throw it and, and defy the laws of chemistry, it won't freeze in our case. And then not only will we do all that, we'll beat him up, and we're very big, but Jesse's, Juicy's very small, but he's a better fighter, and he's going to fight us off while he's got his sandwich in one hand and his cell phone in the other, <laughs> recording the whole thing. That's what we were asked to believe, and the nation did. And so... If that right there was brilliant. Can I give some more applause? That, that was brilliant. So his name is Victor Davis Hanson. He's an historian. VDH, shout out to Victor Davis Hanson. That was fantastic. I felt the exact same way. Right when the story broke, I was like, really, Jesse, for real? The craziest part of that story, and shout out to 
Victor David Sanderson for calling them juicy a few times. That was that was a beautiful touch, sir. That was a great touch. Call that man juicy. Not even like casually. Yeah, juicy. <laughs> Imagine your name now being juicy because of Dave Chappelle, the Dave Chappelle skit. Like he probably get he probably get seen in the airport and they call him juicy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, the craziest part of the story was the Subway sandwich. He ate the sandwich. It's like, all right, man, look, if I got violently, if I got violently attacked in the, the freezing, the, the depths of Chicago winter, three o'clock in the morning, it's ice cold, freezing cold, polar vortex. It's, it's too cold to think. I get attacked in that and I'm going to eat my Subway. Like, it must not have been that bad. I, you ate the sandwich. The, the wrapper was empty. If I'm so shocked and just befuddled, um, I might not want to eat that sandwich right away. I might just want to, you know, get my, you know, get everything together, become cool, collected, and then call the authorities to do something. I'm not focused on eating that Subway sandwich. But yeah, that was crazy. And then he had the the um the so-called lynch rope. What was it? Some some twine from Ace Hardware. That that story from the beginning was ridiculous. But the more it unraveled. It, it was just, oh, man. But he wants you to believe that the story actually happened. He was going on talk shows and whatnot, talking about, yeah, it's really happened. I'm really a victim. Absolutely crazy. But you know why people believed it? Some people, not all people. The reason why anybody believed it is because of all the negativity that was said on the Internet's mainstream media about so-called Trump supporters. They had people that voted for Donald Trump as the equivalent of Satan himself. So they felt like if you're a Trump supporter, you could do supernatural, impossible things. Like make bleach not freeze when it's a thousand degrees below zero. You see what I'm saying? Anyway, I digress. Um, speaking about believing the ridiculous about Trump supporters, attacking Trump supporters, Let's talk about Joe Biden and that that dark Brandon energy, that dark Brandon speech that he gave. Now, here's here's my question. What was the purpose of the speech? I think the speech was called the battle for the soul of a nation, of the nation. It might as well have been called birth of a nation. <laughs> I mean, the same divisiveness, the same rhetoric, the same type of anger and all that. I mean, this was really bad, super bad. And I don't know what kind of drugs they put in them. Sometimes they give them drugs or something to keep them upright. <laughs> he's, he's on a he's on a, 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 a cornucopia of medication because he's a thousand years old. I mean, at a certain point, you're not going to be able to be that old and that decrepit without being on a kind of, you know, some kind of concoction. Now I'm not saying everyone who was elderly is decrepit. You know, I had a great grandmother lived to be 95 years old and was always alert and was never looking like creepy Joe is, but creepy Joe is decrepit. It's guys younger than him who were decrepit. I think Dick Cheney, how old is he? Is he 80 years old yet? He is 81. So right around the same age as Joe also decrepit. But anyway, let's go ahead and play this particular clip from the speech 
to get an idea of what it was all about. Throughout the entire speech, it was attacking Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Now, now before I play this, he also was talking about we need to move forward. We got to go forward. And even sometimes I see um, Republicans or conservative people on television talking about, well, we should, we should focus on things going forward, not look backwards, talking about their election, is that, and the third. They say that about us, but every time I see people like Joe and any Democrat going on television, what are they saying? January 6th election. They harp on the past. They harp on the president who's not here anymore because they don't have anything that they've done for themselves. They don't have anything that they have accomplished. During their speech, Biden listed off accomplishments, but there was nothing there. I mean, the American Rescue Plan, inflationary stuff is going to make things more and more costly. How is that an accomplishment? They have no accomplishments. People realize that there's no accomplishments. They see gas, although it's down, it's still high. Okay, should I give you an award for giving me gas for $3 when it was $2? How about get it back down to $2? But anyway, let's go ahead and watch this clip right quick. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. So he says Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans are, they, 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 they represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. He goes on to say that, well, not all of you guys are MAGA Republicans, but then he also says in the same breath that MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump are the ones who are leading and, and guiding the entire conservative movement. So what do you mean when you say not all are MAGA Republicans? What you mean like 5%, 10%? Some of the rhinos you like, the Adam Kinzinger, the Liz Cheney, people like that, your Mitt Romneys are these guys you, you get along with. You get along with them because they're more on your side politically, more on the liberal side. Now, if they're on the conservative side at all, then they're MAGA Republicans and they're the enemy. This is a, a political attack. This is a campaign speech attacking the other side. And really, I don't understand why they do this. Because this right here is basket of deplorables 2.0. If I'm a Trump supporter and I'm disillusioned, why would I want to vote for you when you attack me and some of my people, you know, my friends, family? Why would I want to vote for you when you like that? It doesn't make any sense. It's weird how they do things like this. These are hard things, but I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how <laughs> painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. 
They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. So yeah, basically, if you're a Trump supporter, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, you are the scum of the earth. You are a disgusting person. You hate gay people. You hate contraception. You don't. You don't. You don't like condoms. You don't like birth control pills. Nothing. When I mean these, a lot of these arguments aren't even made. Who's trying to block contraception? Who's doing that? Who's trying to say you can't go to the store and buy your your your, your protection? Who says that? Just because we don't want to kill babies up until the point of birth does not mean we don't, we don't want to have uh, um, any kind of protection. I mean, come on. We got STDs out here. We got to be able to protect ourselves. Nobody's saying these things. But people on the left, they're fed misinformation by guys like Joe Biden every day on television. They're fed this stuff. So he goes on television to feed them some more of it. It's an attack on the other side. That's all that it is. People that have been brainwashed by the whole January 6th thing, MAGA this, MAGA that, these are the enemies, these are the bad guys, you're attacking us. You're attacking millions of people. What somebody said, 74 million people, at least 74 million. Because even if you don't necessarily identify with quote-unquote MAGA or whatever, he's attacking you because he laid out certain principles. You know, about the whole LGBT thing and abortion and things like that. So if you believe in, I don't know, not killing babies in the womb, if you believe in the right to bear arms, if you believe in basic conservative principles, you, by definition, according to what he laid out, you are a MAGA Republican and you are the scum of this earth. Now, if you want to be um, a conservative in name only, a Republican in name only, and help the Democrats get whatever they need to get accomplished, then you're, you're good in this book. You're totally good. So basically... Be liberal, vote for me, vote for my ideology, and you'll be fine. If not, you are the enemy, and I'm going to send my attack dogs on you. But when Joe Biden was running, he said he was going to be the great unifier. He was not going to be a divider. But that speech last night, not last night, or what was that, Thursday? Whenever it was, that speech was nothing short of divisive. It's crazy. All right. So, yeah. Um, and there's a lot. I'm reading some of the comments. There, there's a whole lot going on there. But I think Joe Biden, rather than focusing on trying to attack Trump, who's not been in office since January 2021, almost two years ago, what, 18, 19 months ago, rather than focusing on Trump, who's not there anymore, he should focus on his own failing presidency, his own failing policies, things that he's tried to do that have not worked out very well. You got all these prices rising all across the board. You're, you're, you're lowering gas a little bit, but it's still high. Real estate is high as, as the sky. 
food as high as the sky, everything. You have so much fake money out there, it's causing inflation. You have too much fake monopoly pretend money chasing too many real actual goods. So what you're going to have as a result is prices, everything just rise up as sort of an autocorrect type system. Speaking about prices going up, speaking about interest rates going up, let's speak about um, Bank of America and the loan program. Now, all right, Bank of America, they, how can I put this? They have a new loan and it's going to be zero down payment and zero closing costs. Not, I repeat, not zero interest. It will not be zero interest. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it ain't going to be zero interest, but zero down payment and zero closing costs for a loan. And the loan is going to be given out to black and Hispanic communities in certain cities. Uh, I think they said Detroit, Los Angeles, et cetera, places like that. Let me see if I can find an article right quick that had the specific places that it was going to be. But yeah, let me see what the loan is actually called as well. So it's called the Community Affordable Loan Solution. All right. Now, the before I get to the cities where it is, they say that the um the home ownership rate among white households is 72.1%, 51.1% for Hispanics and 43.4 for blacks. So they're trying to get those rates up to equal whites, I suppose, or be right around the same or just get higher than what they are. So they're going to offer these programs to black and Hispanic communities. Now, right away, the elephant in the room is, Hey man, isn't that discrimination? How could you give a loan out to black and Hispanic people and not anybody else? Well, they didn't say black and Hispanic people. It, it gets reported as that you see, when you see it on like the shade room and stuff like that, they didn't say that they said black and Hispanic communities. So you could be a white guy. You could be Sean King and go to Detroit, Michigan and get these loans for zero down payment and zero closing costs. But the, the thing they're trying to do is have it be centered in these black and Hispanic areas to have more black and Hispanic people that are actually going to go get the loan. But the funny part would be, it'll probably be more, um, it, it, it won't, it, it probably won't just be black and Hispanic. It'd be more of them, but not just them. Also about the loan, there's, there's no credit score requirement. Um, so no, no credit score requirement, zero closing costs, zero down payment, right? So how is that going to end? You have interest rates rising every single day because of the inflation. There's so much money out there. You have to rise the interest rates to make things become more expensive to adjust. And these things are not going to go down in price because there's so much money out there and it's not really going to go anywhere. It's in circulation. These things won't go down in price anytime soon. We just had an exponential jump in inflation. You might have a 1% interest rate. I mean, pardon me, 1% inflation rate year to year, maybe if that. But we're at like 8 9% inflation. That won't be solved anytime soon. So you got to raise the interest rates to compensate for all the money that's floating around that's monopoly money. So the cities are going to be in is Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami in these areas. Now, this is going to be crazy because you're going to have high interest rates and people will default on these loans. 
the problem, if you don't put down any money for your home, or pardon me, if you can't put down money for your home, you probably can't afford to be a homeowner. Now, typically you would have either a 20% down payment or less. I paid less. I paid like a three or 4% down payment on my home. I could have paid 20%, but I didn't. I had a good lender. Shout out to my lender. But I still had to pay $15,000 in cash. That can't be a loan. That can't be a credit card. That's got to be cold hard cash from your bank account. You have to wire the money from your bank account to the lender. $15,000 in cash. And you got to have that money and basically have it to burn. Not literally, like you're not wasting the money. It's going towards your house. But you need to have that money to where it's not going to hurt you if you were to lose it or just not have it on you. Because you're not losing the money. It's going towards your house. But if you spend that money, you can't be in a situation where it's all your money that you have to your name because you're going to need more money. Now, you got to, do you have any furniture for your house? You go, you go, you're going to furnish it. You go to the furniture store. You might go to rooms to go, or if you got value city furniture, wherever you're going to go, you got to furnish your home. Um, do you have a new house or an old house? See, I have new construction. This house was built from the ground up. And I bought it like during the building process. That's when I was financing it and bought it. But do you have a new home or old home? Now, these particular loans are going to be available in certain neighborhoods. I'm willing to bet you that these homes are going to be fixer uppers, to say the least. In Detroit, Michigan, have you seen some of these bandos in Detroit? It's to the point where you need to build a new house. You could buy a house for like five grand, 10 grand, but you're going to need to put 90 grand into it on the low end to fix it up and make it livable. So do you have that kind of money? You can buy the house, but can you live in the house? How much was, how much does a roof cost? 10, 15, 20 bands. Um, HVAC. How much does that cost? Do you have plumbing issues? How about foundation issues? How about that? Is your house leaning? Do you have cracks along the side of your house? Um, do you have a septic tank? Try fixing that. What if that goes and you can't fix it? Oh my goodness. That's going to be real. That's going to be real bad. If your septic tank goes in your front yard and you can't fix it, oh, good. just go ahead and move. Go, go ahead and abandon the house. What else? Ele- electrical problems? Your circuit breaker, how's that going? Um, there are so many costs with home ownership. People say that it's cheaper to buy a house than to rent. Not necessarily. It's cheaper to buy a house than rent over time. Over time. But in the first year or two, it definitely, definitely not in the first year. Because check it out. If you, let's say, rent an apartment for two grand a month, all you got to have is, what, first and last month's rent to move in? Okay, so first and last month's rent, so four grand, and then two grand a month. So two times 12, 24,000 plus the, um, what, four, $20,000. Now, if you live in, in a house, it could be a much bigger house for the same amount of money per month as far as your mortgage, two grand a month for mortgage, right? Let's just say that. Much bigger house, much more room or whatever. 
But, hey, man, I need $15,000, $25,000 in cash today for a down payment. So already you're paying almost the equivalent of your first month's rent and a down payment. Hey, man, I need the mortgage too. So you still got to pay the 24000 So that's what about 40, um, about what, $48,000? Uh, $46,000? Then you got to have money for incidental things that may happen to your home. Do you have a lawnmower? Do you have a weed whacker? Do you have garbage cans? Do you have um, just so many little small things? Lawn care, do you have money for that? Pest control, do you have money for that? All kind of things. Is your roof, is it sound? Do you, need, do you need to repair that? Do you need to repair anything else? You may have catastrophic failures that happen, especially in the older home in some of these neighborhoods that are probably run down that you're going to have to fix. Can you do it? And what you may end up doing is digging into your credit to pay for certain things. And if you don't have access to 15 grand in cash, you probably don't have access to credit either. You see, I have access to credit as well. So I have a credit card. I got about $17,000 on it. Another one, I got like 10,000. I have access to about 50 grand in credit if I want it. I never use that much, but if I need it, I got it. But if you're, if you're squabbling over the down payment, you don't have that kind of money or access to capital, access to credit. You may have one credit card with $1,000 on it. That ain't going to cut it. So they're setting you up for failure by having these zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgages because you think as a normie, oh, I could swing that. It ain't nothing but two grand a month for mortgage, but you're not thinking about all the other things that you're going to have to pay for over time. You're not thinking that you're not, you're not putting that into the equation. So what happens is a lot of these houses get abandoned. The roof goes first. Everything else follows. It's, it's not good. And you're going to have that debt on your back without the true ability to be able to pay it because now you got to live somewhere else. And the money that you would spend on the house for the mortgage is now going back to an apartment that you're renting. So that mortgage is, debt on, is on your back. That's going to be real bad. Real, real bad. This is a subprime mortgage crisis all over again. Oh, and don't forget about that. That's, that's something else, Steve. If, if your car breaks down, I forgot about the car. Yeah, you got to have a car, right? If your car breaks down or you need to buy another one, whatever the case may be, can you afford that? Now you're going through the whole thing trying to buy that. And cars are expensive right now. I'm seeing Toyota Tundras going for $100,000, $100,000 US dollars for a Toyota Tundra. This, 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 this is like Maybach prices. These are luxury car prices. A Tundra, it's a nice truck, but a hundred grand. I mean, come on, six figures for a pickup truck. We don't have any kind of big spinning wheels on it. This is regular everyday work truck. A truck that could be 35 grand back in the day, 40 grand recently is now 100,000 US dollars. If your truck goes, your roof goes, your plumbing, your HVAC, your septic tank, all of that, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, you got to have insurance and everything else. If the foundation is bad, you're going to be in big trouble. Right, so people don't learn all these things before they buy a house. 
And I think a good barrier to entry into home ownership is you can't have a lot of have, have that cash up front and it can't be a loan. It can't be anything else other than your cash from your bank account, your, your hard earned money in cash. I need $20,000. I need 30 grand, all of that good stuff. Oh, also there won't be any mortgage insurance on the mortgage in these, in this loan guaranteed. Now, typically if you pay under 20, 20% for your uh, 20% down payment for your loan, you got to have a thing called PMI. That's your mortgage insurance. For me, it's like a hundred bucks a month for PMI. Now the PMI is like included in your mortgage. In my mortgage, you have your interest, your principal, your PMI, and also your homeowner's insurance, which is not the same thing as mortgage insurance. That's all in your mortgage right there. But with this program, you won't pay any PMI. Now the PMI is a way for the bank to protect themselves against you because you did not you didn't put down that much money, so they think you could be a risk of not paying your mortgage back. But there won't be any PMI on these mortgages that they're giving out to black and Hispanic communities. So if you default on that mortgage, what happens? What happens? Is it going to be another bailout 2008 all over again? That's kind of what it seems like to me. Now, 2008 was different because these were the subprime mortgages where they had these crazy adjustable rate interests. It won't be the same thing with this one, but the spirit of it is the same. The, the point is you're giving out these mortgages to those you know you can't pay it back. If you can't afford the down payment at all, like not even 3%, you're not going to have a hard, you're not going to have a good time paying the mortgage back. It's, it's going to be difficult for you to pay the mortgage back, especially when you have other things that go wrong with the house. If it's only the mortgage and no other expenses, you can swing it. But that roof will go at a certain point, even where I live right now. Oh, and the property tax. I almost forgot about that, NKM. Thank you. The property tax is going to beat you in the head. Look, check it out. I read documents before I sign them. I know that's kind of like a novel concept, but I read things. When I was getting my home loan, they put down taxes. They, they, they were trying to tax me twice. It was a city tax and a county tax. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Let's pump your brakes. You see, the I live in the county, not the city. So I don't pay city tax. So I caught that out and then knocked that off. That was like 200 bucks a month for city tax on, on top of what I was already paying. It was crazy. So that's going to eat you up. It's going to eat you up. Depending upon where you live, you may have a very high property tax and you got to pay that. HOA fees, HOA um, rules. Hey man, paint your house because HOA said so. You don't want to pay it, you're getting kicked out. I saw a guy, I saw a guy get removed from his home. It was, he had a condo he owned and I think what happened with the condo and th those are the worst to get into, by the way, a condo, because with a condo, if something breaks in the actual condo space, you got to chip in to replace it. So for example, your neighbor decides to run his bathtub water over the top overnight, clogging it up paper towels or whatever. And the bathtub water floods the entire floor you're on. 
and there's flood damage, you're paying for that to fix it, at least part of it. And if you don't want to pay to fix part of it, it doesn't matter if it wasn't your fault, it was a neighbor's fault, it don't matter. You must pay or you're getting kicked out of your condo that you own. You think you own it, but you're going to be out if you don't want to contribute to paying things that are part of the entire building upkeep. If the roof of the condo goes, you're paying part of it. That's how that, that's how it is. Same thing with a house. Right. So that's just, that's just kind of what's, what's up. So now nah, homeownership is cool. It's cool to own a home, but it's not cheap. It's not cheaper than renting in the short term. Not really. I mean, depending upon where you want to live and how you live in, you're talking about living in a high rise in some downtown area in a nice big city and you're paying five, six grand for rent. Clearly, it's going to be different than living in the country in a house where you got a mortgage. It's going to be much cheaper. But if you're living in an equivalent thing, two grand for rent, two grand for mortgage, it's not going to be cheaper to pay the mortgage. It's going to be more expensive. Even if it's 1800 for the mortgage and two grand for the rent, it's not going to be cheaper. It's just not. Because you're paying more things in the house that you don't pay in the apartment. So, yeah, that was my little lesson for the day for you guys. A lot of y'all know that already, but not everybody knows that. And I think what Bank of America wants to do is pray upon those who don't understand these things. When I was a youngin, I would have fell for it because I didn't know about homeownership. I had no idea how much things cost. And you're living in a big house especially, uh, 4,000, 5,000 square feet, forget about it. The maintenance on that is going to be crucial. I have people that come and do a lot of things. Okay, I got people to come and get the, the my, my lawn, my, my weeds, all that taken care of. Uh, I got um, uh, pest control. I got people that service the furnace. I got, you got the water company, the power company. So many people that come through and do different things that you got to pay for every single month. It's crazy. Or if not every month, you got to pay for it occasionally. All right. Uh, RCG Shake and Bake says, right after I bought our house, first week, the water heater went out. Exactly. The water heater might go out. And check it out. If your water heater goes out and it's inside the house for whatever the reason may be, now you might have a flood on your hands too. Now, luckily, mine is in the garage, so it ain't going to flood the house. It'll just be in the garage, and it's like a slope, so it won't damage nothing inside the house. But, yeah, that's what you got to fix that. You got a furnace, gas furnace. If that has a problem, you got to fix that. Your, your AC, you got to fix that. All of that. Bob KMIT says a long guy comes every week. Oh, and that, and that lawn care, very expensive. Every week you come by and cut it. What are you paying? $60, 70 $80 for a cut? I'm not sure how much a cut is now. I cut, I cut my grass. But it's to the point where I might hire a lawn guy because cutting that grass, it takes so much time. Maintaining your grass cuts so much time. It takes so much time. Um, and you might get a letter from your HOA saying that your, your lawn is not really kept very well. Please improve your lawn. So now you got you got to be out there spreading malaria night, spreading seeds, watering it, cutting it every week. I got I got all kind of tools. I got a, a lawnmower, um, a, a, a string trimmer, a edger with the metal blade on it. I'm out there for an hour every week, where I could be doing something else. 
And if it's raining or it's been wet for a long time, you can't cut it. It's a mess. Yep. Elaine says you can have a fixed interest rate and then the city keeps raising the property taxes. Oh, yeah. The property taxes are a beast. They are a beast. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's crazy. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beast. It, it's just so much money you got to spend. It's a, it, could, it could be a money pit. Okay, I, I bought a new door, and I don't want to say how much I paid for it, but I paid too much. The door is beautiful, but you can, you can spend all the money you have. You can go broke on the house. People don't really understand that. All right. So, yeah, that'll be... That'd be that for that for the um, Bank of America thing. So is that, is that a good idea to have zero down payment, zero closing costs, no credit score, no credit score requirement at all? You can have a 500 credit score with not much cash in your pocket. All they want to know is, do you have a job? And can you pay bills like your cell phone bill and water bill? <laughs> that is apartment qualifications, not a house. But then again, if you're living in a house that's like, you could pay five, ten grand for it. If you if you need a loan to buy a house for five grand, you're not ready to be a homeowner. You're not ready to be a homeowner. Uh, backup says ABL paid eighteen hundred for his door. I wish it was eighteen hundred. <laughs> I, I wish it was. If it was eighteen hundred, I'd be like, y'all pay eighteen hundred. Everyone know eighteen. <laughs> Go higher. <laughs> Go higher. Go higher, sir. All right. But um, let me, I'm, I'm reading some of the comments here. Sweet Thickness says, uh, that's why I'm moving from my apartment. I pay 520 per month for a three bedroom. I only got a light bill. Oh, I'm not, I'm not moving from my apartment. Yeah. I wouldn't move either. If you're paying 520 a month and you only got a light bill, you're not paying water, gas, trash removal. Yeah. That's a, that's a sweet deal right there. Keep that, keep that apartment. <laughs> I wish I could pay five twenty a month for an apartment. I might sell my house for that. Now nah, I don't want to say all that. Um, home insurance policy outrageous deductible. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> These numbers are crazy. Twenty eight hundred, eight thousand, No, nobody's guessed it quite yet. Like I say, I don't want to say how much it was, but no. Yeah, I was I was wilding out with that door. That was just you know a splurge. You know they came to my crib. Like it was a, it was a presentation. They they showed me the the mahogany and the pine. I'm like, okay, I I got to get the door. And then I saw that price. I was like, oh my goodness. But whatever. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I saw that. So a guy did did he steal a plane? How do you steal a plane and fly it? So the, the guy was threatening to crash um, a plane into a Walmart in Mississippi and Tupelo, right? I, I don't know what the deal was. Did, did he ever, what, what was the conclusion um, to that story? Did he, did he, did he crash? Did he land? What's going on? Oh, so he landed safely. Okay, let me see this. I'm going to put an article up right quick, and then we get to some more um, 
Well, we got super chats on that after this, really. I'm kind of low on time. I still have the topic of uh, My Son Hunter. Maybe I can play the My Son Hunter trailer and then do super chats. I'm kind of low on time. I can't really do the other one I had right now. So, yeah, there was a pilot flying around a Walmart threatening to crash it, but he, he landed. So let me see. The pilot who threatened to crash a small plane to Walmart in Tupelo, Mississippi, has landed safely and taken into custody. Quote, thankful the situation has been resolved and that no one was injured, Mississippi Governor Tate Rude said, wrote on Twitter. The plane landed in the field northwest of an airport, Ripley, Mississippi. The pilot, Corey Wayne Patterson, 29, has been arrested and is being charged with grand larceny and making terrorist threats. Tupelo, Police Chief John Quaker said in a news conference, Quaker added that he anticipates the federal government will also press charges. Oh, yeah. You're still on the airplane. You're in space. Like, you're in airspace? Oh, yeah, you're going to the penitentiary. You're going to the federales. Big rocks, little rocks. So around 5 a.m. local time, Patterson stole a fully fueled Beechcraft King Air 90 from the Tupelo Regional Airport. Patterson worked for Tupelo Aviation inside the airport for 10 years, where he was responsible for fueling aircraft. He had some flight instruction, but no license. Oh, okay. So he knew how to fly the plane, but he wasn't. Licensed as a pilot. Quickly after departing the airport, he alerted emergency responders of his intention to crash into a Walmart. No one else was aboard the plane. Residents were quickly asked to evacuate and avoid the areas surrounding the local Walmart and Dodge's convenience store until the situation was resolved. So he flew around the city for four hours and spoke with his family during the whole situation. He was writing on Facebook and everything else, talking about some goodbye like a suicide note on Facebook while he was flying the plane. That's crazy. All right. So he agreed to land safely north of, like in like close to an airport or whatever. That that could have ended very badly. We saw that one guy that was doing like uh tricks in the air in Seattle a few years ago. Remember that story? Um, and that guy died. He crash landed his plane somewhere else, like away from people. So luckily, this guy didn't uh, kill anybody or kill himself. I mean, if he wanted to off himself, then go ahead. You know, that's not really my responsibility to, you know, make sure that he's okay. If you want to, you want to threaten people and you die, but nobody else does. Oops, oh well. But luckily, nobody was hurt in a situation. He, he was able to land safely. But I did see that whole story there. All right. So, my son Hunter. A new film coming out. Have you guys seen the trailer or the video I did on the trailer? I'm looking forward to watching it. So my son Hunter, the movie is about the Hunter Biden laptop situation. You know, uh, and also they have an actor playing Joe, um, guy playing Hunter. There's a lot going on in this uh, particular trailer. If you've not seen it, I'll run it right quick. And then we we'll do super chats. How about that? So I'll tell you what's going down. Do you know who I am? They told me you were VIP. All connected to the government. What kind of a moron forgets to pick up his laptop at a repair shop? You're a Biden. Act like one. Everything he built, life, I just ruined it all. I want to know everything that's on that laptop that can ruin my erection. My friends, it's time to party! I'm an artist. 
Tell me how I can help you. I don't deserve help. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been through worse. You're the smartest man I know. Thanks, Dad. I just wish I could smack some sense into you. I'll never forget Corey, Bob. He was a bad dude. <laughs> no joke. Dad, we were talking about suffering. No. I can't seem to find anything but positive stuff on the Bidens. Who's the point Ben for the foreign policy in the Obama regime? Joe Biden. So it looks like you need a billion dollars. So the obvious next question is, where's Hunter? I can remember getting paid some money, but I can't remember what for. Well, my dad says we never discuss my businesses, period. Or my cut. What's happening in there? Joe's in on it. Party's over! You had everything, Hunter, and you threw it all away. You hope the laptop will take down everybody with you. Get out! China's not our enemy. They're not bad folks, folks. I love my dad, and I just want to make him proud. I am the one who brings in all the deals. I am the one. The boy. So my son Hunter coming out, I think it's going to be Wednesday, September 7th. So coming up pretty like in a few days here. Um, I think it's uh, mysonhunter.com directed by Robert Davies. So shout out to them. Not an ad at all. I'm not involved with that movie. I'm just saying that's going to be interesting. So of course, like I said from the beginning, this is about Hunter Biden's laptop and everything that came from it. About Hunter Biden himself being a dope fiend, which we all know that was documented. We have video of him. Smoking crack, measuring crack, being a crack fiend, loving crack, being a crack worshiper. Okay. And we know about Joe being the creep. They showed some of that in the clip right there. Sniffing hair and neck and all kind of stuff. So, yeah, shout out to everybody involved with that movie. That's going to be interesting to see. You know, if it, if it, you know, so far it looks great. I'm going to watch it myself. But I think we need, I think we need more stuff like that out there in the wild because so much of what we see, from the entertainment industry is things that attack conservative people and uplift liberals. Like I saw Stacey Abrams in uh what was that? A Star Trek episode or something. I, I don't, I didn't watch episode, but I saw her. It was like a, um, a screenshot or a picture. Let me see if I can find that right quick before we get to super chats. Okay. So yeah. So, they have Stacey Abrams in Star Trek. And this screenshot is crazy. It's so diverse, right? And it's it's like obviously, it's like they obviously tried to put more black and browns in the mix. I don't like that. It's like if it makes sense to the story and if it's more of an organic thing, cool. But when you intentionally do it, it just you just use people as props. And obviously, Stacey Abrams is not some kind of this ain't Queen Latifah. This is a, a political person. They're putting her in here so you see her more. So you kind of understand more who she is. Like they had, they just had her with Lil Baby, the rapper from Atlanta. Only because Lil Baby is very popular. Probably the hottest rapper in the streets in, in, in the world, really, right now. So you put him next to her, it gives her more clout. You put her in Star Wars or Star Trek, pardon me, it gives 
her more clout. You recognize her more. Liberals control this whole space of entertainment. So if we could put more things out there, entertainment-wise, to counter it, then it could help us. Because they own a lot of this stuff. You, you watching Netflix and Hulu and everything else, they got all of that going on. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Lizzo Abrams was funny. But nah, that's Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, <laughs> people ask me who, who that is. She's the failed gubernatorial candidate in Georgia. She lost against Brian Kemp back, what was that, four years ago? Two years ago? I forget when that was. Um, And the funny thing about Stacey Abrams is that she says the election was stolen from her. So she can say it on her side, but if Trump says it on his side, then he's the worst thing since uh, the devil himself, right? Who's little baby? A. You may not know who Lil Baby is, but Lil Baby is one of the most popular rappers in the world. It's just like I didn't really know who Bad Bunny was until recently, but he's probably one of the most popular music guys in the world. Is he a musician? Does he does he record music? Does he is he play the violin? Nah, he's just like a rapper, I suppose. But they're so popular, they use them to get more attention, more clout, more viewership. She may get votes just because she's next to a very popular person with a bunch of Instagram followers. Oh, I saw Tessie Abrams on Lil Baby's Instagram page. Hold on, let me see if I, how many followers does he have. He's not even a social media dude. But Lil Baby has 20 million followers on Instagram with five posts. And he don't, he don't even really post like that. He's, he's not even really, a, you know what I mean, an online person. But I digress. <laughs> bad baby, nah, bad bunny. Did, did I say bad baby? Oh, and something else. Speaking about rappers, before we get super chats, I know I'm, I know I'm going over my time a little bit, but remember the baby. There was an issue with him where he got in some hot water with the LGBTs because he said a few things during the concert um, that were deemed as anti-LGBT. Now at this time, the baby was hot as fish grease. Okay, hot ass fried chicken grease in your mama's house. She's in the kitchen with the chicken, not worried about it. If one drop gets on you, you're going to melt into pieces. He was hot, 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 hot. Probably the biggest rapper at that particular moment. But when that happened, I'm like, okay, he's going, he's going to fall off now. He's, he's going to be pretty much done. He went from being the hottest rapper Having songs with everybody, everybody in the whole world wanted to be on a, a the baby record. He went from that to I think maybe like one year later, a show was canceled because he could not sell tickets. He sold five hundred tickets in an arena that holds ten thousand. Why did he fall off so quickly? Because of the LGBT stuff. Right when that happened, they they cut him off. You heard no more the baby music. That's how that works. They have a stranglehold on the entertainment industry. So when you do things they don't like, they take it, take it away. Oh, you got a lot of fame, fortune, money, women. Okay, it's gone now because you violated some terms of the, of the contract. You can't say things against the LGBT and get away with it. But I move on. So let's go to the super chats here. And if you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. That'll help me out tremendously. Let me go back to the beginning to see what's going on here. And 
All right. What's the day? September the 3rd. Thank you to Apple for a few super chats. Let me see. Um, he says, ABL, your father was a Marine. Your uncle was a Marine. My, my uncle was in the Navy, not the Marines. I don't have any uncles that were in the Marines, as far as I know. How do you feel about President Biden having Marines in the background of his awful speech? Yeah, that was that was really bad. The Marines shouldn't have been there because this was not anything else other than the campaign speech. So you're abusing the power of the military. You're abusing the power of the government, having them back there like it's an official type of government thing when really it's a campaign speech trying to attack half of America. So that was a really bad look. Uh, that was not good at all in, in any way, form, or fashion. I don't think anybody that's serious would agree with the Marines in the background being a good thing. I don't care if you are a liberal or whatever. I think everybody said that was a bad thing. Okay. Also, ABO fans who are veterans, your thoughts on the speech? Also, uh, Shalomaya, Shalomaya Bowers accused of stealing $10 million. I have no idea who that is. Who is that? From Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Who is Shalomaya Bowers? Oh, so she's a BLM leader? Or he is BLM leader. These names, I mean, good grief. Can I get a regular name? Bob, Bill, Ted, Frank, <laughs> Shalomaya? His name is spelled S-H-A-L-O-M-Y-A-H. But is anybody surprised? Hold on. I'll put it on the screen right quick. I got an article. I might do a video about this, actually. That's per perfect for a video. So this guy stole, allegedly stole $10 million, And the subhead says he siphoned more than $10 million in, what's it, fees from donors to pay his consulting firm. Oh, that's, that's the oldest trick in the book, the consulting firm. That's old. That's what people in politics do. That's what your, your, your failed politicians that don't really plan on winning, that's what they do. They pay their consulting firm. That's that Ilhan Omar type situation, right? Everybody does that on the left, especially. Um, and it, there you go. Apple says, grift is on the left. You're right. Again, ABL. It's so much money over there to, to grift and steal. It's not even funny. But then they accuse people like me of being a grifter. When if I wanted to be a real grifter and get some real money, I go over to the left and, and just straight steal. BLM raised $10 billion in six months after George Floyd died. BLM and BLM affiliated groups. There was a guy with a fake Facebook page. All he had was a Facebook page. He didn't do any appearances. He didn't really take any pictures of himself doing anything. He had a fake Facebook page and still made like 500 grand from a Facebook page. Talking about he's a BLM activist. He was a um, an apartment bedroom activist. That's what he was. He didn't do anything other than have a fake Facebook page. The grift is on the left for sure. I'm. It's 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 much more risky to do what I'm doing than it is to be a leftist because it's generally accepted to be a leftist. You could do that and it's fine. But if you're a conservative person, there's much more of a kind of a target on your back if you will. But anyway, let's keep on going here. Apple says she holds twerking comments. ABL. You think Ivan will like it. Um, now does she hold twerking? I can't, I, I can't do nothing with it, man. That's so there's a, a video. I ain't going to show it. It ain't, it's not like bad, but I'm, 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 I'm cool. 
So there's a video of Megan Thee Stallion, again, it's, it's talking about entertainment. I think it's Megan Thee Stallion, the, the rapper. I know Stallion Mel Horse, but let's not talk about right there right now. So Megan Thee Stallion, a female rapper, who's always twerking. She was in the episode of She-Hulk, and She-Hulk was also twerking in a pantsuit. It was so weird. If, if cringe had a picture beside it, it'd be that particular scene from She-Hulk. Now, is, is that a series or what? I mean, I don't want to see that. I, I don't want to see it. And what, what it was like, like, like they, they were trying to cater to some of the soccer moms that might want to try twerking. You, you understand? It's not like your traditional twerking in the strip club or something like that, that I don't want to go down that road. So anyway, when I saw it, all I could do was cringe. Yeah, She-Hulk, as in the Incredible Hulk, but a girl version, right? Because girl power, we got to empower the women. So rather than the regular, you know, uh, David Banner, Incredible Hulk, let's have the She-Hulk, the strong, independent, green woman. Um, all right, let's, let's continue here. A.B., what books did you buy from your school book fair? Your favorite book of childhood? Mine was Stuart Little. I bought Star Wars books through the fair. Um, my favorite books from the school book fair were the Goosebumps books because as a, as a little kid, I'm like six, seven years old. I liked the way the covers looked because they were so colorful and it had to, it was like rays and stuff. So to me, the book was more of like a, a collector's item. I read the books, of course, the books, they, they were cool to read, but that was my thing. Goosebumps books. I had a whole, I had a big bookcase full of Goosebumps and, um, a bunch of like, National Geographic magazines, and I had all kind of just nerdy stuff in my bookcase. But definitely, the Goosebumps books, my favorite from the book fair as a little boy. Loved it. Do they have book fairs anymore? Do kids buy books anymore? I don't know, because, you know, I got nieces, nephews, or whatever, and I don't really see them with books too much. And I don't want to be necessarily the guy to have to buy the books, but I will. I will buy you a book, but I think they're like really into their technology more than reading um, physical paper books. Okay. Bernstein Bears was good. Yeah. Like I was reading that when I was really, really young. And then after Goosebumps, I got more into R.L. Stein. Um, so I was reading the Fear Streets and stuff like that. I said, um, so not, not David Banner, Bruce Banner, pardon me. And the rapper David Banner. So, yeah, I, I caught that right there to, to correct myself. Speaking about the Incredible Hulk, that's Bruce Banner, not David Banner. I knew it was one or, you know. Hold on. So, in the comic books, the Hulk is Bruce Banner. But in the TV show, it was David. Okay. Oh, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. So Apple also says pay-per-view proposal. Pay-per-view proposal. Zuckerberg versus Gina Carano in the cage match. He would get smashed by Gina Carano. Well, I don't know. He might be able to. He still he still is a man at the end of the day. But Gina Carano, I, I don't know. It's going to be kind of tough. Apple also says, what are your goals for the autumn ABL? Any plans? 
Um, just keep putting out this good content, being more consistent with what I do. That's all. Just, you know, going hard. That's really it. If I have time, I do new, I do a new channel, but I got to find time. That's the only thing, just managing my time better. Thank you, APO, for an awesome summer of live stream. Shout out to great callers, Tariq, Chicago Cop, Effort Ranger, JD Jeff, James, Sonya, Boom Boom, even Ivan. It's been a very fun July and August. Shout out to the chat, McQuaid, Garcia, Atomic, Ripley, Devin, Charles, Rapper, Killer Sushi, Bug, Allen. So much fun in the chat. You guys are hilarious. Also, God bless Jason Mega, GC, and Jail, and Solitary Liberate. Biden hired John Podesta to be climate czar evil. Did did, did they hire John Podesta? I thought I thought that's who that was. They hired John Podesta for real. I mean, they're crazy. I mean, talk about like rubbing it in your face. We're going to hire John Podesta in, in the White House. That's nuts. Um, also, ABL, when approached by a homeless, do you give money? I don't give the homeless anything when they approach me. Anything. I be like, look, I can't even, no, no English. No, no, I blow English. Because I know it's usually they want drugs. So I'm cool on that. If I had food on me for some reason I didn't want, I would give it, I'll give it to them. But I usually don't even do that because they're not hungry. You know, they're coming up to me wearing 300 pounds. It's like, man, you don't need no food. What you want right now is a hit of some cocaine. I can't, I can't, I can't help you in that goal, sir. Uh, Cal says, Cal Denson says, the worst I've seen some rich black folks, typically some are from Atlanta, do is smoke weed in their hotel room. Definitely not turning the place up, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the weed smoke is an issue. You smell sometimes in the in the elevator. And usually when I smell the weed smoke, I know that I might not be in the right part of town. It could be a, a good hotel, but not really in the right part of town. But if I smell crack smoke or meth smoke, I know I would smell, just I do. Then I know I'm in the wrong place. And no, I don't smoke crack or meth or nothing like that. <laughs> but I've been around some stuff. I've I seen some things and I've seen some stuff. Uh, Lord Spike Protein, great name, by the way, says, Charles Uncle Tom, too. Thank you for that. TJ says, ABL, thoughts on Federale boss Tabot, who opened investigation on 45, being forced to resign and escorted from D.C. headquarters for allegedly falsifying docs, etc. She should be locked up, right? But I guess you can resign and it's fine. You resign and get a little perp walk, but you don't go to jail. That's kind of like evading responsibility, not being accountable. Um, Joe Sullivan says, ABL, maintaining your yard is very easy. That's what kids are for. Okay, there you go. Invest in having children for all your lawn care needs. Well, yeah, that, there we go. Get a couple of kids. They'll be out there cutting the grass and trimming the hedges and uh, all that good stuff. Brilliant. Uh, pocket watching with JT. Shout out to you, sir. Pocket watching with JT says, no down payment mortgage is a bad woke policy that will end badly. If you don't have the money for a down payment, you cannot afford the home. Save your money. Stop buying crap you don't need. That is beautiful advice, man. Do you have a video on that? Because I know you know, being a financial expert, being the money guy, I know you know what's going on. So thank you for that. You guys subscribe to Pocket Watching with JT. Great YouTube channel. Very informative. Very educated guy. So y'all check them out. And thank you again, sir, for the super chat. And shout out to Chili Chill for the donation. Says, number one, I appreciate you for that. All right. Time for the calls. You guys on the drill. The number to call is 434-658-1220. Again, 434-658-1220. 
There's also an email in, in the description box to call me on Skype. If Skype doesn't work right, don't blame me. Blame the white man because I didn't take responsibility for it. But let's go ahead and get cracking. 434-658-1220. That's the number to call. Get goats for the lawn. Yeah, if I had um, if I had a really big property, like a country property, I'd put some farm animals on it, get a tax break, and get the grass cut for free. You can't beat it. 918, you're on the line I'm speaking to. Yo, what's up, man? It's JB Scratch from Oklahoma. How you doing, buddy? It's all good, man. What's going on? Hey, not a lot. You know, I wasn't a... But one of your Super Chats uh, people mentioned something that really got me fired up. And I figured I, I got to comment on that. Uh, John Podesta. Yeah. That, that guy. Okay. Let me tell you something about that guy. He is one of the sickest people in the government. And the fact that he's part of the new climate change, whatever the hell they want to call it, you know, group or whatever. They, I don't even know. It's just so stupid. But you know who his son is, actually? Who? A guy named Chester Bennington, who was the lead singer of the band Lincoln Park. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Stop. Hold on. Pause. He was Podesta's son? Are you serious? He, excuse no. my language, but yeah, he was his bastard son. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he won't acknowledge it, but he's his, yeah, he was his son. And if you look up a picture of Chester Bennington. Oh, wow. I see the I resemblance. Mean, they, are, they are identical. I mean, it's like father and son. And if you listen to one of the Lincoln Park songs called Numb, there's a line in that song that just explains, because he, he killed himself. He, like, he overdosed or something. He, he's not alive anymore because he had such a horrible father. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wait, wow. Okay. Now, you're saying this, you're saying this right now. I can't confirm it just, just because I can't. But I'm I'm gonna put a picture right of them on the screen, and I see the yeah, resemblance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yep, he was he was John Podesta's bastard son, and John Podesta never even acknowledged him. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I am today yeah. years old learning this. I've I've never heard that before. Yeah, look at him. I mean, yeah, they're like. Yeah, look at the resemblance. It's uncanny. It looked the exact same. Yep, yep. And yeah, if you listen to some of the lyrics and some of those songs of Linkin Park, I mean, he's basically crying out about how much he hates his life and how much he hated his father. Wow. That's that's yeah. heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, it, yeah, because, yeah, I heard someone mention that name, and I'm like, oh, my God, John Podesta. I cannot stand that guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a total piece of crap. All right, well, 
I'll leave it at that. That's what I all I had to say. And I'll just sit back and enjoy the rest of the show. Love you, man. Love everybody in the chat. And don't worry, I'm going to get some new batteries. My smoke detector, people. All right. You don't have to keep reminding me. All right. Okay. All right, man. Later, dude. Later. Wow, that was crazy. Now, like I said, I can't confirm that's true or false. I, was, I looked it up. I didn't see anything to verify it. But if they're not father and son, I can't tell. Somebody is kidding somebody. I mean, good grief. Either he's a doppelganger or he's his daddy. One of the two. Four seven nine online, I'm speaking to. Yes, hi. This is Andrew Stockton. I'm from Arkansas. All righty, what's going on? Not much. I, I didn't get to the beginning of your show, but I don't know if you already talked about it, but I figured I'd mention it. Have you seen the uh, the election in Alaska? Um, no, I haven't. But before before we continue, there, there's some crackling going on, it's like a, some kind of like static in the background. I, I'm not I'm not sure what that oh. is. Are you in a bad location? Okay, I'll back I'll back away from the TVs if that 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 helps. Is that better? It's it's kind of the same, but you can go is ahead. This? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Um. Yeah, uh, I watched it on Liberal Hive Mind. Anyway, they were uh, talking about the election. It, uh, they put up two Republicans and one Democrat. Well, the Democrat won against uh, – oh, God, I forgot her name. Dang. Um, the one that was uh, the Republican there in, in Alaska. Anyway, by 38 percent. I mean it's mostly Republican in Alaska to begin with. It's like 60 percent. Republican, so they they put up a whole new uh, election. I consider this fraud, as far as you consider when you're trying to go up two against one. You know, it's not it's not a fair election. And I just wondered your thoughts on that. How you felt about that? Um, I've not really seen what's going on there, so I really don't have an opinion necessarily. But if it's not fair, it's not fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how anyone can win an election on 38% of the vote. I mean, I just, it doesn't make sense to me, but yeah. when you have going up against two Republicans and you're splitting up the vote between two Republicans that, you know, <clears throat> and you got one Democrat. Well, now if it was two Democrats and two Republicans, it would probably be a little bit more fair, right? I mean, you got <clears throat> four people in the race, but here they got three. So it's, kind of uneven right um there was something else i was going to ask you about but i, I forgot dang my brain went blank <laughs> <laughs> uh oh there was a uh, fight in new york i don't know if you heard about this uh i guess there there uh, it was a cop that arrested a black man he had uh, uh he was arrested for murder and his girlfriend got in uh, the fight. Well, uh, she took a punch at the cop while the cop knocked her out. And <laughs> just left her. Wham! She was gone. And now there's a lot of protest against it. Well, the woman assaulted the cop first, and he was just reacting to it. I was going to ask you what your thoughts of that. It happened just yesterday, I think. Well, I mean... There's not much to say. If if you if you assault on the cop and you get struck back, then that's your fault. You started the whole situation. 
So I don't understand what more yeah, is it to, funny. you know what I mean? It, keep your hands to yourself, you'd yeah. be okay. <laughs> right. If you watch uh, uh, Donut Operator, he's got a bunch of them on there. They're really hilarious. But uh, Yeah, it was on there. Right on, man. I hadn't heard about it until that today. I thought it was interesting. Right. Well, th- thank you for your call, man. I definitely appreciate you. Sure, I really love your show. And uh, keep on with uh, the fight. <laughs> thank you, man. appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, shout out to the caller. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw that punch. But it's like, keep your hands to yourself. You won't get knocked out. You know, keep your hands to yourself, and you'll be just fine. 717 on the line. Who am I speaking to? Hey, NBL Smothers. How you doing tonight? It's all good, man. What's happening? Eh, not much. I saw that uh, trailer for uh, My Son Hunter, and I'm thinking, I had this idea. What if they did a Biden family trilogy? The sequel should be Ashley, my, my daughter Ashley. Oh. That should be the sequel. And then the last movie should be the Dark Brandon Rises. <laughs> you know what? I think I think that'd, that'd be, be that that that'd be a nice little trilogy right there. That that'd be perfect. Exactly. You just do the Dark Brandon Rises, then uh, that would cap off the trilogy. And what you want to do is uh, show his speech, give him the funny mustache. You know, the one that uh, the person in the 1930s in Germany uh, was rocking at that time. So. That, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. So uh, when you saw that speech, uh, what, what was your main takeaway from that? Like, what, what, what did you feel when you saw the uh, dark branding speech? Um, when, I, when I saw it, I was just, it was just divisive. That was the, the main word that came to my mind is divisive. Uh, it says it wouldn't be the unifier, but obviously not. So I'm thinking you're, you're a liar, you're divisive. And it's a, it's a campaign speech. Trying to so, trying to get himself ready for twenty twenty four by doing that by by using the office right now to still try to campaign. So I thought it was pretty terrible. Yeah, it was all it was also uh, one of those things where I think he was trying to instill fear into people, but really I'm not buying it. I think it's more of a desperation because if they knew that they were winning, why would they go off and insult people? Why would they go off and insult half the country? They know that they're in a losing battle, especially with the culture wars going on. Yeah, uh, it's it's just one of those things where I just feel as if it's more desperation, and obviously it's psychological projection. You know, they want to say, "Oh, the MAGA Republicans didn't respect the Constitution." Hello, you try to go through OSHA to implement a vaccine mandate, and you're also trying to take away our Second Amendment rights. So who's not respecting the Constitution now? And who said that the Constitution was not absolute or the Second Amendment was not absolute? Who said it? Right, exactly. I mean, we, we, we can see who is the, the person that's going against, uh, I guess you would say the rule of law, not, 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 no, go, not, going, not doing things the proper way. So it's, it's pretty interesting that they will try to attack us for doing that, but in reality it's them. Yeah, they they basically lifted off what they're doing. And then you have Joyless Reed coming out and saying, oh, Republicans are Dixie, are like the Dixiecrats. Uh, don't you know that your Lord and Savior, Joe Biden, you know, 
said something like spoke at the funeral of a KKK leader. Hey, but anyways, that's my thoughts on it. I'm not really intimidated by this guy. All I saw was desperation. You know, he looked like Satan at the time, but that's another story. And I digress. So I'm just going to let you go. Uh, have a great night. ABL. God bless you. And God bless everybody in the chat. Thank you for the call, man. Appreciate you. Hey, appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, shout out to the caller. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of projection going on from the left to the right. You know, everything they say that we do is really them doing it. So it's like, what's really going on? Can we, can we get some answers there? That'd be great. 818, you're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Yes, hi, ABL. Um, big, big fan. Um, I've called in before. Uh, I wanted to touch base real quick on the homeless in Los Angeles. Um. Over there, a lot of people, like, I, I was born and raised there, um, and I moved out. <laughs> Thank God I moved out. Great decision. But, uh, I'm sorry? Is that a great decision? Oh, yeah, absolutely, best decision. But uh, I don't think people realize how bad it really is, because uh, when I moved out of L.A., I would tell people, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, homeless is bad. But they'd be like, oh, we got homeless, too. It's like, no, <laughs> not the same, you know. Uh, I hate to say this, but, you know, and I'm not trying to put homeless people down or anything else like that. But uh, the way everything is run is the fact that uh, these people have gone feral. Like, you can't even look them in the eye. Uh, they're drugged out. Uh, they don't seem like they're all there. Um, it's just really bad. And uh, to anybody that's listening, uh, never give uh, money to homeless people because that's what government uh, is, uh, programs are there for. And a lot of people don't know that these politicians make money off the homeless. Um, when I tell people that, they, uh, they look at me like, a, like, a, like a, they don't believe, like, what do you mean they make money off the homeless. A lot of people don't know is that these social programs that get implemented by Democrats, uh, the money, they, they get money from the taxpayer. And then you have these social programs and then gives back to their campaigns. And it's like this vicious cycle that goes around and around. Uh, because uh, if you try to take away that social program, then they're going to scream like, oh, they're going to take away from people this and people that. And uh, it's just, it's so corrupt. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I love my home of Los Angeles, but I could never live there ever again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I had to sit there and try to emphasize that. And, you know, it's sad that these are people that's pretty much gone feral. And I just don't think people really understand how bad it is. Yeah, they don't really get it because yeah, they, they, they think, they, or they think when, they, when they hear the word homeless, they think, oh, you're down on your luck. You don't, you don't have anywhere to live. But they don't understand the behavior of these people. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they really don't. I mean, uh, even when you see it, you know, it, people gone, you know, a blind eye to it. Um, you know, it, it's, like, it's like a conversation if you have your coworkers. It ends up being like you're talking about lunch because it's, it's so common. Uh, it's, it's horrible. Uh, I think where we finally drew the line is like when a homeless person was staring through our living room window, their wife was freaking out. Uh, but I mean, I could tell stories of like, you know, seeing dudes like shooting up on the side of the street or uh, just, you know, just somebody just staring out in the middle of space. Like, <laughs> like 
it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, and it's out there. It's open. You know, it's just, I couldn't even, today, today, I went to a library here meeting. And it's, it's beautiful. It looks nice. And I couldn't believe it. And I went there to meet somebody. And uh, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's a nice library. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's part, you know, where I'm from, you know, you might have three or four homeless people and maybe somebody from nothing in the bathroom. He looked at me like like I was nuts. I said, no, it's just, well, what about security? I'm like, there's no security. <laughs> it's just the way it was. Right. But anyway, I digress. I wanted yeah. to go ahead and uh, call in, just kind of emphasize that a little bit more. But, you know, unless you see it, I know people are not going to believe it. But uh, thank you, ABO. And uh, you have a wonderful night. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Alrighty. Good call so far. And thank you all for being here. If you like what you're hearing so far, please give the video a thumbs up. Like the video, share the video, do all that good stuff. It helps me out tremendously. Three seven two, you don't know who I'm speaking to. Hello, Anthony. How you doing? It's Paul from China. All righty, man. What's going on? Yeah, uh uh doing good. Um uh, that video you played, uh, I believe the guy's name is Hanson. Um, yes. Talking about uh, Jesse, Jesse Samoye. Yeah, uh, I, I, I know him. Or I, know, I know of him. I've seen him uh, before on Fox and some other, some other shows. Yeah, he's good. He's really smart. And I like him a lot. And uh, yeah, that video was wow. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, I liked your, it. Uh, yeah, uh, just real quick, man. I won't hold you. Uh, the video you made uh, about um, uh, California uh, banning um, gas-powered cars, I believe it's by 2035, they want to have all gas-powered vehicles um, uh, banned. Um, it's a good video, real good video. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, what do you think is a responsible transition to uh, clean energy and electric vehicles, because I do think that those things are the future, you know, it's kind of, uh, inevitable. I think oil and oil, oil and gas will be around for decades to come, but I think we, I think we are making a slow, you know, maybe, maybe snail pace, but still a transition towards, you know, clean energy and, uh, electric vehicles. But I don't think it's being done responsibly. I think that, uh, a, a, a major component of the energy crisis is countries, particularly the states, but some European countries as well, trying to move too quickly to uh, clean energy, you know, and wind and solar and, and geothermal, you know, it's not abundant enough to sustain an economy. We still need oil and gas to keep the economy going. And um, uh, uh, I do like the idea of electric vehicles, but uh, I don't. I don't have any beef necessarily with the auto companies transitioning to electric vehicles. I think they're doing it a little bit too quickly. Um, but what what do you think is a responsible transition to clean energy and electric vehicles? Well, I'm not really sure the solution for clean energy is electric vehicles because the process to create these batteries, lithium ion batteries, the the mining that goes on, and then at the batteries become non-usable, they're, they're damaged, they can be very dangerous, they can explode, catch on fire, and then when you're trying to recycle them, you really can't. 
So I'm not sure the solution would be electric. But if we were to go to electric, and what, what needs to happen is you, ha- you need to have better technology. The batteries aren't really good right now. Lithium ion, still, re- still pretty dangerous. If you had better technology to be able to facilitate all of this, it would make sense. And also better efficiency of these batteries. Like there was just a, a flex uh, warning in California that says you can't charge your electric vehicle for a certain time of the day, for like four hours of the day. You can't even charge your electric vehicle because the grid is strained. And that's, that's only with 10 to 15% of electric vehicles in California that are sold in California being electric. So if you go, for, you go to 10 to 15% in California, and you, then you go to 100% in California that are electric, how will you be able to maintain that with the current grid? You got to upgrade the grid, have better technology. I think we're doing too much too soon and we're not prepared to actually do that yet. So you think a uh, more responsible uh, transition would be for the. uh... Hello, you there? I think my lost. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you well now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, just real quick. Um, so you think a, a more responsible transition would be for the auto manufacturers to wait for uh, uh, the better batteries? Better overall technology, period. Not just the batteries, but technology, yeah. period, to sustain. Because you still have to charge these vehicles. And even, like, I'm right, like I say, right now in California, they're putting out warnings saying, hey, don't charge your car at a certain time of the day. So if that's going on now, when you still got the majority of cars that are gas, What's going to happen when all the cars are electric? You're not going to be able to even sustain it. So the the process to be able to um, create these cars, the process to charge them, maintain them, you need to have a, you need to have overall better technology to be able to do this if you're going to do it. Still, right now, the better technology that we have is gas powered vehicles. Electric vehicles aren't aren't prepared to be the only kind of car that's on the road anywhere anytime soon. Now, if there's, a, if there's a, a technology breakthrough and we get something going to where we have cleaner energy cars that are out there and it makes some more sense, then at that point we can go there. I think probably the best thing to do would be to have more R&D. I'm not sure how much R&D is out there right now into, uh, I guess you would say, cleaner vehicles. But we need more of it because we don't have the technology available today to do it on a, on a large scale. Yeah, when you say, te- when you say technology, you're talking about the manufacturing process? Well, I'm talking about the everything in technology, the batteries, the vehicles themselves, how you're going to source the materials for the batteries, for the cars. Um, the electric grid is not prepared to handle all the electric cars being on the grid, being charged. It's just we're just not ready. So that needs to all be upgraded. It needs to all be better before we can actually go down that road. Yeah, I, it, I think. Those are some good um, ideas. I think a lot of your ideas would be uh, it wouldn't be, you know, like the, the the private sector. I think what we're seeing right now is more that the private sector trying to move forward with this. I think uh, maybe the um, like the government needs to get in. I think some of the we say overall best, best technology, I think a lot of that would have to be like the government side and infrastructure development would also have to, to kind of keep pace. And I think maybe the the public sector is not investing enough or doing enough 
to keep pace with the private sector. I think the private sector is like surging forward with this and the public sector is not uh, giving a, a, a proper balance. Well, I think what's happening is the public sector are pressuring the private sector to move forward because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the um, public sector. They're saying no more new gas cars. So now the private sector got to keep up. Okay. We can't, we can't sell these gas cars in California. Now we got to have electric cars. They're, they're being forced by the government to, to, to do certain things that technology is not currently available to do on a large scale. If it was up to the private companies, they would not have so much invested into electric cars. Not yet. Maybe in a few years as they do more R and D to perfect the technology, but it's like they're being forced to go down this road a little bit too early. It's like you're trying to learn a new language and before you've learned it, you're being forced to speak it fluently. It's like, I'm going to know a few phrases, but I'm being forced to speak it fluently. So you won't, you, you, it'll be broken at best. It won't be very good. That's, that's what's going on right now with all these electric cars that are going to flood the market. They're not going to be as good as what they should be to do it and sustain it over a period of time and to sustain it on a mass level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I'll let you go on that. Um, just a final note. I, I do think that um, as we go forward, you know, um, electric vehicles will uh, replace, you know, uh, gas vehicles. I think that uh, clean energy like solar and, and wind and, and, and geothermal and biodiesel will increasingly replace, uh, you know, oil and gas-based uh, energy. But I think your idea of the public sector sort of pushing it, but not doing things on their side to give it a, a proper balance is not the responsible way to go forward. I think the, if we have, whether you like it or not, we have to go forward with this. I don't think there's no, like, like the Terminator, what, what they call it, um, judgment day, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger said judgment day is inevitable. You know, you, you, you can postpone it, but you can't stop it. I think uh, this stuff is inevitable. But um, it's it's not being we're not moving in that direction uh, responsibly, and uh, I'll let you go on that. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you. All right, that's a good call. Yeah, electric cars. You know, we just we just we're not we're not really ready to do that on a large scale and have that be the the car that everybody uses. Because if you can't if the if the grid is not ready for it right now, how is it going to be ready when all the cars are electric when only some of the cars are electric right now. It just doesn't make any sense. 702, you don't lie, I'm speaking to. Hey, Bill, how's it going, man? Let me turn this thing off for a second. Um, yeah, I was uh, listening to the guy that uh, was talking about the electric cars right now. And um, I just want to talk to you about that for a second because I noticed that no one makes this comparison when they're, uh, they're talking about the electric cars. If you ask people nowadays um, how many of them have a house phone, pretty much no one has a house phone anymore. Like very few people do. Um, there's still some around, you know, but overall, everybody has a cell phone. There was a natural progression to that. There was a progression where, you know, first they started with the brick phones and you get horrible reception and this and that. And over time, it just organically happened. No one said, you know, in the 80s, like, okay, well, we have these cell phones. Only the rich can afford it. Because um, at first it was the car phones and the cell phones. Oh, hold on, hold on, caller. Like, are are you by like yes. are you are you by like a TV or something? Because you get you get a lot of static on the phone. I'm not sure where the static is coming from. Am I really okay? 
I don't know. Uh, no, I'm not by the TV. I'm, I'm sorry. Is, is it a is uh, it a headset? Phone, like I was just talking about. Yeah, is it is it a headset Hold or on, something no. or Bluetooth? No, let me put it on. Let me put it on speaker. Um, maybe the speaker will sound better. Hold on one sec. Can you hear me now, Adil? It's the exact same. It's the exact same. Oh wow! All right, I'm gonna move around a little bit. How, how about now? Better. I don't know what's going on. It might be some kind of force field or static in your house. I don't know what's happening. But <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's uh, let's 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 continue. But it can't really be too long because the static is pretty bad. No, no, no problem. Yeah, it was just uh, that people just uh, don't understand that this should be like just a natural progression, like the cell phones were. You know, the technology eventually got better on its own. No one decided to just uh, you know say, "Hey, we have cell phones. Let's take down the uh, the phone lines," because then how many people would have been pissed then? You know what I mean? It's it's it has to kind of happen organically, and these people are trying to do exactly that. Just say, okay, we have the cell phones now when the technology was just very raw, and say, let's cut let's cut the uh, the phone lines. You you could you can't do that, and that right. comparison hasn't hasn't really been made. But it's it's pretty much like that. Like it has to just naturally happen over the course of time. That's right. And you can't just cut the the phone lines. You know, just, just it, how many people would be without a phone? How many people would not be able to afford it? Exactly. Um, it took years. And now we're at a point where, like I said, no one has a house phone. Eventually, we'll get to the point where a few people have some collectible cars, some things like that. Right. Um, but it won't be something that, you know, is going to be a, the norm, just like, like pay phones. They right. don't see a pay phone hardly anywhere anymore. Exactly. So, exactly. Right on, man. But th- thank you for your yeah. call, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely, brother. Okay. Have a good night. Same to you. Yeah, that, I don't know what's going on with the static. Like, it was a couple of guys that had the static. I don't, like, where does that come from? I don't really understand. What I said, I said a forced food of a, a, a static in the house. Maybe it's the federal is trying to interfere. I can't really call it. All right, let's let's continue. Five four one, you're online. Who am I speaking to? Uh, this is Brandon. All righty, man. What's going on? Not much. So uh, you know how you're talking about the uh, California um, refusing to sell cars. Are they going to still allow cars to be sold elsewhere and driven there? That's, that's that's what they say. They say that you can still have, you can still own a gas-powered vehicle or go like Arizona, Nevada and buy one and drive it to California. But you know what I think they're going to do is make it prohibitive for you to own a gas-powered vehicle. They're going to rise those gas prices artificially in the state with taxes and fees and things like that to discourage you from having an electric, to, for having a gas car. Yeah, forcing you like everything else, inflation, raising the uh, minimum wage, everything they want, but they are doing it artificially. Exactly. 100% correct. All right. Well, that was just short and sweet. I was just asking, basically wondering what you thought about that. Thank you, ABL. Thank you for the call, man. appreciate you. Have a great night. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is they're going to make you, they're going to kind of force you into buying electric by having these really high gas prices, like but kind of what they're doing right now, right? And then they even admit it. They'll say, yeah, we want you to, um, we want it to be prohibitive because we want you to go to electric. Call on line speaker to 857. Hey, man, when, when, when you going to uh, start doing some reading and learning some stuff? You said, when will I start reading and learn some stuff? When will I start learning? I, I told, you, you said we're late in electric cars. You said we're late. So that's, I remember. Uh-huh. remember that Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did I say? You said that we should not be building electric cars because we don't. We, are, we we pretty much 
we this is not the time to do it. That's what you're I, saying? I say the technology is not really there to do it on the mass well, scale. The technology is already there. The technology is already there. Okay, so the, the, the technology is there, but yet I saw a warning in California that says, do not charge your electric car between the, the times of 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. I mean, come on, the technology well, is not there. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Now, if if we can't charge cars between a certain time in California right now, excuse me, when most of the cars are still gas, then how are we going to charge the cars when all the cars are electric on the same grid? No, no, but the idea that not all cars will be electric. Do you know what happened in 1979? Wait, excuse me, excuse me, wait a minute. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir. In California, they said 100% of the cars that are going to be sold are going to be electric by 2035. That's legislation. No, no, no. But look, but look. They said 100% of the cars. like They want to go to all electric. So, as I said, if they are having problems right now with the grid, when they go to 100% of all cars that are sold being electric, they're going to have more problems. It's going to be even worse. No, but look, you got to understand. You got to understand. You got to understand this. You gotta understand this. I gotta and understand what. Stay away. No, 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 no. Money-wise, YouTube channel, stay away. So let's 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 have a conversation. Are you ready? Uh, go ahead. Say what you gotta say. Come on. Uh, no, I'm asking you. You ready to have a conversation? The next three minutes. Just ask me for three minutes, and then I will go. Look, just say what you gotta say, and let's move on. Come on. We don't get okay, all night. So, so, so this is the so how Tesla built car electric cars 100 percent since 2003. You said what now? What was the question? How how Tesla built electric cars, solar panels, right? Since 2003, 19 years later, they have all type of electric cars. You said how did, how, how they, they do that? it? How they did it? How they build it? Um, by by manufacturing them and getting government subsidies to do well, it. So let's say you would have tell Elon Musk. 20 years ago that will have electric cars you wouldn't believe it right nah I mean you can have electric cars I, did, I didn't say we can't have electric cars I don't understand how you get that but my, my point was we're not prepared to have electric cars be the only cars we can have electric cars but not they can't, they can't replace gas cars at this particular point in time not on the nobody mass level nobody's suggesting that all cars will be replaced we can't it's just illogical to replace all so what's the problem introduce all electric my, my, cars. my only my, my only point was that we cannot have electric cars replace gas cars i didn't say we can't have electric cars but we don't we don't plan to replace all electric cars what we're planning to do in california in california excuse me excuse me in california they said they're going to have 100 percent of all cars in the state so that are, excuse me excuse me the if they said that's, that's what they want to do so if it's going to happen or not it doesn't even really matter i'm responding to what they said they want to do now if it doesn't happen great fantastic but I, I, I can only if you talk while i'm talking you can't understand what i'm saying i can only respond to what they say they're going to do now if it didn't happen then that's fantastic but I'll, all i'm doing is just responding you see and a lot of people think that we should switch to electric permanently and leave fossil fuels behind. All I'm saying is that we're not ready. So it is. So it's, excuse me. So it yeah, appears. So excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. So it appears like we're on the same page, saying that we can't have all electric no, cars. No, we are not on the same page. So, so wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sir, 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 sir. Please stop. Let me get ask you a question, sir, sir. Look, if you don't stop talking, I'm gonna hang up on you now. So you gotta just hold your horses. 
I'm going to ask you a question and then let you respond. Okay. okay. Now, do you think we can have all electric cars and have them replace gas cars? Yes or no? Please answer yes or no. No, we don't want to do that. All right. That's so no we, we agree. So that we agree. Is, so no, so no. since since we agree, then I don't understand what the, what the problem is. If we agree on my basic premise, then what's the actual problem? The, the problem is we have the technology. We're supposed to do this since 1979. So the wait a minute. You probably if, don't even know. So excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. If a technology exists, then why can't we have all? Let's say, it's not asking, excuse me, sir, sir. You cannot start talking before the question is over with. If a technology exists right now, then why can't we have all electric cars? Takes time to develop that. Uh, uh, but, but you said, you, you, but you, you, you like said just now we have the technology. Then you just said, oh, it takes time to develop. So which one is it? Do we, do we need to develop the technology, or does it already exist? Which one is it? A little bit, sir. If you if you talk about I'm talking, you can't you can't answer the question. You can't hear the question and answer to it. If technology exists right now, then what are we developing? It's going to take time to, to improve our energy. It takes time. Exactly. That's what I said. I was, I'm, you're saying so the exact time, same. If, say, excuse me. Like, excuse me. See, you're doing too much interrupting. You're saying the exact same thing that I said. I don't understand. You're just, you're just arguing just for sake of argument. Like you like, you like a woman just arguing just for no reason. Don't, don't get offended, ladies. No. If we would have in 1979, what would we have now? Huh? He would have invested in 1979 when Jimmy Carter said we've we got to move from the Middle East, uh, uh, have uh, safe energy, clean energy. He would invest in 1979 with the car company, with uh, electric, with uh, start building electric cars then. Now we have was one company that we invested, the federal government invested millions of dollars. When they started building these electric cars in 1979 now, Ronald Reagan and uh, George Bush Sr., because they were coming from the old, for the oil industry, they decided to kill all that investment and invest that money in the military. What we will have now, we would have started in 1979. That's my point. Well, I don't know how that really works because you oh, can – excuse, no. excuse me, okay. excuse me. I'm, <laughs> excuse me, I'm, I'm answering the question. You can't just – now, I don't know how that really works because investing money is not the same thing as developing technology. You can't just say let's throw money at it and have the technology just pop out of nowhere. That's not really how that works. So I don't really know how that's going to work. You know, I don't, I don't really understand how that's going to work. They're, they're trying to throw money at it right now, but it's not just going to develop the technology. That's not really how that works. You, you, can't, you can't just throw money at somebody and say, hey, invent something. Invent a thing that doesn't exist right now. You throw money at Steve Jobs. Hey, create the iPhone. How does that really work? That's not how these things work. Innovation does not just come about because of just brute force investment. That's not how that works. Anthony, Anthony, are you there? Well, go ahead. Continue. If, if in 1975, I would have tell you that we have internet in the next 30 to 40 years, you will believe it? Well, I, I couldn't really answer that question because that's I, I excuse me, excuse me. Like that's actually, actually, that's actually my point because I can't predict innovation. You can't force, you, you can't forcibly throw money at a thing to force innovation because you can't predict it. That's not how innovation works. Yeah, we, we, we would have, we would have electric cars safer, effectively, it would have done it 30, 40 years ago, but we didn't do it. Okay. So now we're paying the price. Okay. 
Great. Well, thank you for your call. I appreciate you. So now you YouTube provider. Thank you for your call. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. All right. It's on for about eight minutes. I gave him plenty of time. But nah, like, I hear that all the time. Oh, let's let's invest our money into a particular thing to to try to advance technology forward. You're thinking about things that don't even exist. You can't just predict innovation. And we, we need a better way to communicate. Let's 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 start the iPhone. Who had who thought of the iPhone before the iPhone was created? People invent things just because they're thinking and they're and they're innovating in their mind. It's not because they get a bunch of money thrown at them. You know, that's that's not really how that works. Nine zero eight, you're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Hi, Anthony. It's Debbie from New Jersey. All righty, what's going on? How you doing? Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? I just wanted to say hi. And Anthony, the man before, don't even pay him no mind because you know what? You can lead a horse to water. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, there were there were, there were electric cars out before that. Uh, I saw something like in the 1920s. Somebody made something. But I don't know. He wants to ask you about 1975. Were you even born in 75, Anthony? I don't think you. No, 84. <laughs> you weren't? Oh, my God. I feel old. So, look, I just wanted to tell everybody hello. And I just want to keep everybody on a high frequency. I had a little bit of problem in my household. My daughter told me uh, a couple of weeks ago that she was pregnant. And uh, she lost the baby. She had a miscarriage. Uh, sorry to hear that. And, uh, yeah, I am too, but, uh, I know the reason behind it because she works at a daycare facility with all vaccinated people, but she wasn't back, you know, you know, the drill. So I just wanted to say that and everything's going to come out. Dr. Northrup's been saying a lot of, a lot of women are having a lot of bad things with their menstruations and behind this vaccination, but they're being silenced on social media. And there's 90 year old women now that are getting their menstruation like a bad one, an 18-month-old baby girl. So this thing is all out of whack. But there is good news. Uh, I heard today that the D.C. court ruled against the mayor that what she did with the city workers and everybody in D.C., the employees, was unlawful. So now these people can go after her and get their jobs back. They're still pushing the kids in D.C. to get these vaccinations, but they're working on that too. So there is some hope here. And I just want to let everybody know. I want everybody to keep on the high road. I don't want nobody to get distracted because the closer we get to November, the distractions are going to come and they're going to do everything they can so the truth doesn't get out. So don't get distracted. Don't get unfocused. Just stay, keep your eye on the prize. We're going to get through this. Just be prepared. They might do it with blackouts. You see, they're doing weather manipulation with the water. Okay, so just have yourself prepared. It may be a long winter, but we're going to get through this. I promise you. I promise you. Right on. We're going to get through this. You guys got to keep, guys got to keep. And I just want to tell everybody, listen, I just want to let everybody know, I want to give you two songs to listen to to keep you up and in a good frame of mind. You're going to listen to Holy, Holy, Holy by Audrey Assad. This girl from my hometown, she sings like an angel. And you're going to listen to the song by Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe. And that's going to get you guys very good songs. So I just wanted to tell everybody hi, and I love everybody. And we're going to get through this, all right? And as far as the electric cars, Anthony, this is what I'm doing. 
I'm rolling up to California with a 78 Pontiac GTO. That's what, that was my ride back in the day, okay? Oh, yeah. The muscle car. All right? And I'm going to be having Shattered playing by the Rolling Stones, Do It Again, Steely Dan, and Over the Hills by Led Zeppelin. And I'm going to ride up, ride up to Mr. Newsom's house. Because if everybody goes electric, guess what, guys? You're not going to have any animals. You're not going to have any birds. You're not going to have nothing. Because the plants and everything need CO2. You have to have that in order for them to vegetate. So we're going to be killing ourselves, too. You can't go electric. There's no way. There's right a balance. On. You can't just go everybody electric because we're going to all kill ourselves. And then what's going to happen when you're sitting in traffic for two hours? Huh? So that's all I got to say. But everybody, have a good night. I love everybody. And just keep your head up and look up to the sky. And you're going to see the stories because there's things up there you can see. I'm telling you right now, the clouds are really weird shaping. And the 144 are here. And we're going to win this. All right? Stay in the light. Love everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you for, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. All righty. Great call. Let's go to... Four seven nine. You don't lie. Who am I speaking to? Hi, this is Andrew. I was just uh, calling about that idiot that called earlier about the electric cars being there, and that's one dumb guy. <laughs> I just wanted to lay a little proof down on this guy that that he thinks that the technology's there. His uh, Tesla. Let's just talk about Tesla. It's got a range what two hundred and thirty, maybe two hundred and fifty miles on a charge. I think so. It could, it could be more depending upon what kind of model you get, but that sounds about right. Yeah, about there. I, I, now, if you take a Mitsubishi Eclipse like I got, um, gasoline-powered guzzler, yeah, but it gets about 40 miles a gallon. I can go about 500 miles on a tank. So his little electric car, I'm going to beat it. <laughs> he may be faster than me, but I'll get far further down the road. Right, absolutely. And then also, it's easier for you to refuel your vehicle because, I mean, to charge an electric vehicle, even one of those uh, those high-powered chargers, like one of those Tesla stations, it takes a minute. It's not quick. I can go to the gas station, let it pump about five minutes. I'm pretty much finished. I go to the, go inside the store, get some snacks, whatever I need. Yeah, but then with an electric vehicle, yeah. maybe 45 minutes on the low end on a, on a supercharger. But if you're at your house, you're talking about hours. I I was going to ask you this on those chargers. They're actually um, charging people quite a bit of money just to have their vehicle charged on them, don't, aren't they? Well, it depends. It, it, it depends. Like you have to, if you have a Tesla, you can purchase <laughs> access to those and get them for quote unquote free, but you're not getting it for free because you already paid for it. But if you don't have a Tesla and you don't oh. have that plan, then it, it might, you might be charged a little bit of money to go to those. I'm not exactly sure how much, but it's not going to be free at all. Huh. Yeah, I, I heard some of them, uh, they charge a little extra fee when you're going to, to charge them up. I forgot how. They they rated it on the on a fuel ratio, and the fuel is actually cheaper than the electric charging that you're. Uh, I wouldn't I doubt it. I forgot who it was I was watching. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. That sounds that sounds about right because you know once you once you factor all the factors in, especially right now with the way electricity is. I mean, if people's home bills for their electricity is going up, then surely if you go to a charging station, that'll also go up. Right. Yeah. They got to char- They got to pay for the 
insurance for having the the charging station and and all the equipment. So they got to charge people a fee at least to charge their vehicle using them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, that guy is crazy. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, thanks for taking my call, uh, ABL. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Sure. All right. Shout out to the caller. And let me see here. Oh, I'm reading some of this stuff. So I'm reading like how long as a, as a Tesla charge to um, a, a t- Tesla take to charge. So the Model S is the shortest time in this particular thing. And that takes not, not actually the Model Y is shortest time. It's 75 kilowatt hours. It takes a half hour. The Cybertruck, 200 kilowatt hours. It takes an hour and 33 minutes on a supercharger. That means it's going very fast. Now, if you're going, if you happen at your house on a 240, on a 240 volt um, charger, you might, it take you all night to charge that. Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't really feel safe charging my Tesla at the house, knowing how they behave. Two zero three in the line. How much we can take? Hey, what's up, Anthony? Not too much. What's happening? Not too much. This is Angel. How's your day going, bro? Oh, it's all good, man. Can't complain. So, man, Ivan Drago's pretty uh, crazy up in there. <laughs> oh, of course, always. So, look, I, you know, I wonder if people know it that. The majority of electricity is powered by fossil fuels. Yes. Of course. So, I mean, I can understand it. Like, what's, what's, the, what's the qualm here, the discrepancy? Because, like, 60% of it is by fossil fuels. Yeah, see, people don't really understand. People don't understand that. They fall for a lot of propaganda from the media. And they think, oh, this, this is much, this is much better. It's cleaner. But okay, the electricity, where is it coming from? You, you're burning coal. You're, you're burning, you know, petroleum. You're burning the exact same thing that you're talking about. Not wanting to burn in your car. So I don't understand the difference. Right. Exactly. Because even petroleum is part of crude oil, anyway. <laughs> right. It's all. It's, it's all the same. It to me is weird. It's like people say they want to um, encourage a, a cleaner atmosphere and all this and that, but all they do is just ship the pollution, so-called pollution to China and India. So the same CO2 is going to the same atmosphere that we all share together. So it's kind of silly. Right. Right. And not to mention that China and India are definitely producing way more carbon dioxide than we are. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So listen, uh, I was listening to one of the uh, um, callers in earlier he was uh, talking about the Chester Bennington thing. Yeah. Yeah, man, you should give that a look because I dove into that rabbit hole, you know, Alice in Wonderland. And um, it's crazy. I don't know if you know of a band. Um, oh, man, it's slipping my mind. It, there's a guy named uh, Chris Cornell. He was a part of Soundgarden. Yeah. You ever heard a song called Black Hole Sun? <laughs> Won't you come? Are you gonna sing it a little rendition? Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old school. Him, him, and Chester Bennington were like best friends, 
And they ended up dying like months apart. And what they were heading up was, uh, you know, cow trafficking. Okay. See, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. And there's there's many other, you know, the Hollywood, man. Once you get into that realm, it's crazy. But, like, you even got, like, um, uh, Bruce Willis's uh, former wife, oh, uh, Demi Moore, who married uh, Ashton Kutcher from that that, that 70s show. Um, yeah. he, he, as well, was doing something with uh, human trafficking. And it's funny because uh, Demi... Demi Moore is on that list of the flight log. <laughs> you know? Uh, interesting. Legit, man, but... So, I, I don't know. I, I, I was just... I was thinking about those two things, but that one hit me hard because that's... You know, I, I have kids of my own. So, I'm like, yo, man, you might want to look into that because that stuff is, is pretty crazy. Absolutely. But anyways, man, good, good to uh, get in, in here. It's been a minute. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. You're doing the Lord's work, bro. <laughs> Thank you for your call, man. Definitely appreciate you. All right, brother. God bless you. Thank you. Great call. Shout out to him. Let's go to some more here. 828, you're on the line. Who am I speaking to? Hi there. This is Janie from North Carolina. How are you? I'm well about yourself. I'm doing good. I was just thinking about uh, these electric vehicles and these batteries that are in there. And several years ago, I worked at a drift cell battery that's here in the community, in our county. And uh, they took us outside and dropped just a little piece of that lithium into a big old 50-gallon barrel. And I think I have water in it. When it exploded, mm. it was like a bomb in this 50-gallon barrel. Wow. Now, these are huge batteries, and water makes it worse. So if there is a car wreck, I just, you know, I can't help but wonder how many cars is it going to blow up besides the one, you know, that's hit. Right, Cause yeah. Because, it, 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 you know, there's no way that they can think this is going to be safe. Because if the fire department, if it, and if it's true that the mixing water with that lithium makes it worse, what you going to do? I, I just, I just cannot see how electric cars are beneficial, more economic. Uh, I, I don't understand how they think it's going to make the earth greener when the rest of the world is still dirty. You know, we rotate the, you know, earth rotates. So I was just wondering about that and, and wondered if you'd seen anything or, you know, what you thought about that scenario. And also about the homeless. I have actually really tried to help some of the homeless around here, and they're very grouchy <laughs> and, to me, ungrateful, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't see why a company or the government cannot build these one-room uh, motels where it just has a bed, a commode, a sink, and a microwave. And 
they have to have an address if they're getting disability or Social Security or whatever monies that the government gives them every month and charge them $200 a month, you know. And if they're making ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month, to me that seems like that would be more than enough to keep the water, you know, the water to power on and pay a maintenance man and somebody to look after it. It just seems like that they could take some of that money that they're sending over to this useless war over in Ukraine. And I'm telling you people, this is all a big cover-up because of the bioweapon labs and that Ukraine has been known to be the most corrupt nation that there is and heavily involved involved in human trafficking but that's all i got for tonight and i hope everybody has a very safe uh labor day weekend i love your show i listen to it all week thank you for your call definitely appreciate you okay you have a good night same to you bye now to answer a question about those um like those little living units little um you know, one bedroom, one bed, that's, that's, that's called a housing project, really, at the end of the day. And the, the problem with these little developments that they could build or they may have built is that the people that live in them that pay that small amount of money will destroy it. They, they destroy it. So they, you would actually need to have, it, it, you would, it, that'd be a money pit because people would be in there smoking meth and, you know, setting the stuff on fire. It'd be a mess. It'd be a complete mess. And really, you would need to have rules in there. You know, there's there's rules in a lot of these places. You can't do certain stuff like me. When I lived in a lot of these type of like low income type houses, not projects, never said in the projects, but I would be project adjacent. You understand? Like I wouldn't be in the projects, but I might know somebody that lives in the projects or right close to it. And what happened is you, it's easy to get evicted for violating rules. For example, you want to go start fighting and that's the easy way to get evicted. Not, not because you didn't pay your rent, not because you violated, like, uh, like if you didn't, uh, if you flooded it or just destroyed, if you're fighting and they figure out, okay, it's your son that's out there fighting these people. You can get evicted. Any kind of violation like that, you're going to get kicked out. So if you're in there smoking crack, smoking meth, wilding out, fighting, you're going to get evicted. You're going to get kicked out. And people that, want to be on the street. They want to be doing drugs. They don't like rules like that. So they want to be on the street. That's what goes on. That's, that's how it works. That's what I know from just being involved in that type of, and, and, and being around the street life. That's what I know. 708, you don't know how much speaker to. Hey, how's it going? ABL? This is uh, Jamie over in Chicago. I got a question. They want people to buy these electric cars, but what they're not realizing is that these electric cars can be controlled by the government. You say something wrong on social media, they can shut you down. You can't drive anywhere. It doesn't seem like that's fair to the people. You know, give me an uh, old school, you know, gas combustion engine any time of the day. But to me, it doesn't seem like it's okay for them to be controlling your transportation. That's your means of survival. Exactly. That's 100% correct. And then the thing is, Okay, let's say you have a, a license revoked. They can, like, electronically revoke that uh, so you can't drive your car. They shut you down. They shut you down. I mean, they already did it. Like, they, they already do it right now. Like, uh, with Paul Pelosi, you know, you had the whole DUI thing. Yeah. And they put a breathalyzer in his car. 
So if he can't yeah, pass yeah. breathalyzer, then he can't drive his car. So what, what's to prevent the government from controlling your car remotely and disabling it? Or big if, tech. Yeah, big tech. Yeah, big tech. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you, you said like so, something you say. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, let's say, let's say you said something like, wrong on social media or something threatening or whatever. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and shut your car down. You're not going to be able to drive. Or they, they can track you. It's, it's so much control mm-hmm. they can have over you with the electric car that I, I wouldn't really want to be part of it. Give me the old school. I mean, even now, the car is so computerized, it's, it's crazy. But with the electric car, they can yeah. really control you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of scary how things are going because right now, like, they're just kind of putting you in a position where they can control everything about you, your transportation, your livelihood. I mean, everything is going downhill. I'm an auto mechanic myself. I work on cars every day, all day. And, you know, like these cars nowadays, like anything computerized, even if there's a, like a, a natural disaster, like a, a coronal mass ejection, you know, if there's a problem where, like, you know, there's an EMP disaster or something like that, your, your car's going to be done. You, you can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. And then you have an emergency. you got a family that needs to go to the hospital, something like that. You're going to be stuck. You know, give me give me the old school technology any time of the day. These battery powered cars, it costs it costs so much carbon to the atmosphere to build these batteries, to build the cars. It's nothing but problems. It just seems like it's gonna be nothing but a major disaster coming in the future. Like they're just they're they're setting us on the road to disaster, if you ask me. I mean, I just don't know what, what it's gonna go from here. Uh, that's a good question, man. Well, all I see is more and more government control. I mean, that's, that's that's not what I meant to. I meant to more freedom rather than being controlled. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what, brother? I want to tell you, man, you're a voice of truth out there. Keep it up. You, you're the best. We love you from Chicago. I turned a bunch of my friends on to you. You know, we all listen to you every day. Keep on, you know, fighting the good fight, brother. Thank you for the call, man. I appreciate you. All right. Love you, man. Have a good day, bro. All right, now, I appreciate it. Great call. 773, you don't know how much we get to. Hey, B.L., it's your uh, retired Chicago police officer friend. You know, B.L., let's talk about what's really happening here with electric vehicles. By the way, Buick uh, already announced that they're going to go 100% electric as a company and that they're going to offer a buyout to their dealerships if they don't want to sell their cars Mm, because they're going 100% electric. But here's what is really happening. What's really happening is they they want to have you go to public transportation and control, you know, the, the public. Because what they'll do is, first of all, most people don't buy brand new cars. They buy a used car. They buy a $3,000 car, $5,000 car from the guy down the street. So first you're going to say that all, all car dealers have to sell uh, electric cars is brand new cars. So maybe people like me and you that might have a couple dollars might be forced to buy an electric car if you want to have an electric car. Then the people that already have uh, gasoline-powered cars or used car gasoline-powered cars, now you're able to control them by just making the gas prices super high. So it's now $22 a gallon to buy gas and then, you know, the the politicians will start to say that, you know, uh, we have to get away from gas-powered cars and get away from gasoline and look how successful this electric car thing is. But what they really want is for the masses of people to, to go to public transportation so they can control you. Then what will happen is people that do have electric vehicles, they'll start to say, 
hey, you've reached your kilowatt hour, uh, 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 you know, allotment for the month. So you can't, you know, charge your car. Or you can't use your car because you've reached your kilowatt hour, uh, you know, of use. You know, they want you to be able to take public transportation and control you in, in that way. And that's what I believe is really happening here. You know, yeah, it's great to have electric vehicles and that are cleaner and maybe cheaper to operate, which I doubt that, but maybe that's where it's going. But they really want to control society. That's what they want to do. And uh, I believe that that's where they're going with that. Then I wanted to talk to you. Oh, maybe you want to comment on that. I don't know. But I wanted to say something about the um, the homeless. You know, I've seen the homeless up close, of course, as a, you know, big city police officer. Most of those people, they get any government check that comes to them or Social Security benefits. You know, they just have to say, when I ask them what your address is, I live on the street. Well, where do you get your, you know, your payments to? A lot of them have an ID, and that ID has an address that I recognize right off the bat, which is your homeless shelter. You know, uh, some Catholic homeless shelters, uh, city homeless shelters, they're able to use that address as their payee, as the address that their check comes to. And that's, they're able to use that so that they have a place for their, you know, disability check to come in and everything else. And you were right on the money when you said, why can't we have kind of like a shanty town or why can't we have, you know, uh, apartments um, you know, for the homeless in an area. Well, that's what that is. Uh, that's the projects or that's a shanty town where you have all these homeless. But here's the thing. You don't see the homeless setting up their tents in around the sidewalk of city hall. You don't see them setting up the tents around the mayor or these, you know, uh, around these politicians homes, but yet, you see them setting up in San Francisco around all the businesses and everything else. They had, they had a picture of a poor woman. She was sweeping the, the sidewalk in front of her business. And there were all these tents and all these clothes and all these homeless in front of her business. Who wants to go and, and, and you know, uh, patronize a business that, that like that? Who wants to go to a restaurant where you have to step over people? You know, so what in my estimation and from my experience what you need to do is you need to say that it's against you know city ordinance to be on the sidewalk and to be on the streets like that you have to you have to uh, a lot a, a, a empty empty area an empty lot or an empty field somewhere huge amount of field somewhere in a city and you have to say you're able to set up your tents here and you have like a shanty town and, and you have police. That's what you have to do. Most homeless don't really like to gather together. They're gathered together out of necessity because it's overcrowding. But, you know, uh, that they don't like to go to shelters. That's why they're on the street. They don't like to live by rules. And if you have rules, you know, they shy away from that. The rules of, a, you know, I want to get high, I want to get drunk. Those are against the rules in most shelters. And, and a lot of homeless people, even in the middle of a Chicago winter, don't want to go to a shelter because they don't want to live by the rules of the shelter. 
So you have to have a place for them to set up their tents. You can't have that in L.A. and San Francisco and other places. You know, even in Chicago, they're underneath viaducts and bridges, blocking the sidewalk, all these tents that these, uh, I don't want to say do-gooders, but where are they getting these expensive uh, tents from? They're being donated to them, and they're living in these tents, and they're living all over in spots in the city that the police know about, of course. And you just can't have that. And, you know, you have to have some kind of solution uh, to that. So, I mean, I don't know what, what's going on with that. And if you, if you uh, give me one more second, uh, ABL, I wanted to say about the, um, about the no, you know, no uh, down payment loans from Bank of America. That would be like saying, you know what, ABL, every, every middle class person should be able to have a Learjet. So we're going to help you with the down payment on a Learjet, even though you might not be able to afford it. You know, a lot of these people won't be able to afford their payments. You know, the reason they're offering that is because it'll be, you know, these these loans are backed by the government, by uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. They're backed by the government. And, you know, I was reading in an article where they were saying, well, this is not going to be a, um, a threat to the economy, like the housing crisis that, you know, of uh, 20, uh, 2007, uh, you know, and all that. But on a small scale, it will be, you know, some people would be able to swing it, but most people, they don't have any skin in the game. So I didn't put any money into it. So I'll grab this house and hold on to it as long as possible. But then if I can't afford it, I'm able to dump it because I don't have any money invested into it. You know, somebody else invested the money into it. So anyway, ABL, I'm glad I got in this week. And uh, you're always right on the money. And great show. And I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you another time. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Great call. I got time for one more, I think. 719, you're allowing speaking to. Hey, everybody. My name's Matt. How are you doing tonight? It's all good, man. How about yourself? I'm all right. Um, I was calling to talk about these electric vehicles. Did you see the story over in Russia where hackers, they got into the taxi cab system and they hacked a bunch of taxi cabs because they're electric vehicles and they um, blocked traffic down in Moscow. They tore it all up. Well, no, I didn't see that, but I'm not surprised at all. So if that was happening there... It can also happen here. And then also there could be some foreign actors that could hack us and cause that kind of problem, which is a bad, which is a really big security issue for the United States, a national security issue. Right. You know, it's just, I saw that story and I figured since we're talking about electric cars, I'd bring that up, man. (laughs) Definitely. It's, uh, It's so crazy. They can't even keep them going on the grid, but you know, of course. Uh, what are we gonna do with them? You know? Yeah, we'll we'll learn we'll learn when it happens, unfortunately. Yeah. And um it's about these electric batteries. What happens when they sit inside of these lakes and creeks and stuff like that, you know? Like like uh Oh, his phone it hung up on him. I didn't hang up on him, I promise. But I think that'd be that'd be it for me. I'm, not, I'm not right at the end of my show. Thank you for being here. You guys are the best audience in the internet. Um, I think I'm going to finish what he was trying to ask me. Then I wrap it up, put the bow on top. He's asking about these batteries, like after they're discarded, after they're done. 
take my headphones off, like taking the football helmet off. <laughs> but after these batteries are done, when they're discarded and they're just sitting in the landfill and they're leaching chemicals into the water, what is that going to do? I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. The technology to do this on the mass scale does not exist currently. It just, it just isn't there. Now, I'm not necessarily against vehicle manufacturers investing into electric. Okay, go ahead. But when you say there's going to be no more gas-powered vehicles and your current technology for electric is not very good, not as good as it should be to do something to, to be maintained over a period of time, and there are security issues here, if you can't even keep Nabisco.com or some kind of website like that secure, how are you going to keep 100, 200, 300 million vehicles that are electric secure? It doesn't make any sense. It's just kind of silly to, to think this is going to be a good idea on a mass level. To have Tesla and other electric vehicles as options, cool. But to have all the cars replaced, to have that be the basis for what we do in like 5, 10 years, I don't really see it happening. It's, it's a dream. And trying to force it to happen is not going to be... It's not going to be a positive outcome. I put it to you that way. But this has been a great show. You guys have been fantastic as always. Thank y'all for being here. Uh, this is a podcast, of course. Listen to the repeat on the video or go to your favorite audio streaming platform and search ABL Live. I should pop right on up. So go to Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, etc. Links will also be in the description box. You can find me right there. This will be available 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, Eastern Time on those platforms, audio only. So, super chats on deck, then I wrap it on up. Thank you to the mods for being here, keeping all the trolls in check, and all the chat nice and cool. I thank you for doing it. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you to Vivian Fire, who says, ha ha, hit that mute. Best part of the show. Yeah, I hit that mute on you real quick, for sure. And also, ABL, mute button, Ivan, <laughs> with, the, with the, you know, the, the greater, than th greater than sign in between. TJ Jizzle says, please don't cut that amazing manscape on your face, sir. <laughs> uh, we'll see how long, how long it goes. You know, I might, I might trim it. I might, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just kind of doing stuff right now. And thank you to Monique Price who says, just showing some love. Keep doing you. Will do. Thank you for that. And thank you all for being here. That'll be a wrap for me. So until next time, y'all be safe. I'm out. And peace.